Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. We put you on notice. We bind you, you wicked power. We come against you from the third heaven. I'm seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus, high above you, high above principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, high above world rulers, kings, princes, and every angelic rank. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke and bind you, and especially we bind you concerning the lives, the minds, and the bodies of these people who stand here. We rebuke you and every foul spirit that may still have a resting place somewhere in their uh, innermost being. We bind them. For these people have heard the call of God to dedicate and consecrate themselves to God. And you must flee and your host must be defeated utterly. We come against you in the name of Jesus Christ and we bind every foul and wicked spirit. That would bind body, mind, soul, any area of their life to keep it from being effective for the Lord. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you and we loose from these people the spirits of power, love, 
sound mind. We lose the spirit of wisdom, revelation. We lose the spirit of courage. We lose the spirit of power over the enemy. And we lose all the spirits of God to do their office work in and through these people as they go forth. Moreover, we lose the spirit of Elijah to break the power of Jezebel on our land. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, Lord, uh, to loose the spirit of humility, the spirit of servanthood on everyone here. Let everyone be desirous of taking the place of a servant. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for it. Amen. And welcome to the Mega Man Radio Show. Tonight is Monday, October the 25th. And, you know, my normal times I was doing a show for the first three months of this broadcast was uh, 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. And we've done maybe 105 shows at last count since uh, early June. Praise God for that. But uh, I slacked off a little bit, got a little bit lazy. <laughs> So I said, no better way than to uh, jump back in um, tonight, get some programs going again. It's not for a lack of guests, mind you, because all I need to do is basically just start um, spending an hour a day, and you know I could line up all types of guests for the program. But um, you know I'm a one-man show over here. You know I have to do the scheduling, I have to do the uh, programming of the uh, the pages, and uh, there's a lot of things to do. And so pray for me that uh, I'll have more energy to do that. At any rate, it's always a joy to uh, gather with you tonight. And, uh, you know, one mention of the word sex, we might have 5,000 people show up tonight. <laughs> you never know. Uh, we had a great uh, weekend. We had Alex, excuse me, we had Steve Quill, uh, who's been on many shows like Alex Jones and Coast to Coast, uh, very famous talk show host. He came on Friday night. Uh, great program. We had... Uh, Dr. Pat Holliday, one of my favorite shows we do every week Saturday night. Uh, we had uh, the School of Deliverance with Dr. Pat. And we had John Franklin from Hegewish, uh, anointed man of God. Great mass deliverance. Uh, he had a good message last night. And then in the second hour, he did a mass deliverance. And uh, it's sure to, to help anybody that listens to it. Even on MP3, would you believe there's a big anointing on MP3s? I sat in the church of uh, Hegewish Church, uh, which was Wynn Worley's headquarters, up in Highland, Indiana. I was there back um, a couple months ago for uh, conference number 92. And uh, when they have these deliverance conferences, they'll have different deliverance ministers speaking. They'll do deliverance in the evening services. And then on Sunday, which is the last day of the conference, they used to have a Sunday morning service, and they'll roll out a, a TV. And they'll do what's called a song sermon. And that was uh, it's a, it's a video of one of many services that one Morley did when he was alive. And what he would do is uh, he would sing. The Word of God. And, uh, you know, you're talking about a man who has passed on and went home to be with the Lord, and there's still an anointing on that. Because, uh, you know, the words, the blood of Jesus, you know, it's anointed. And so I'm sitting there watching this, and, you know, beautiful music, by the way. And uh, I was enjoying it, and uh, all of a sudden this uh, lady manifested to the side of the church, and uh, it was a demon that had come in with this lady. And she jumped up and says, uh, started screaming, why did you bring me here? I told you not to come. And she was screaming out. And literally, uh, a couple of the, uh, the people, mainly ladies, the ladies of minister and ladies there, they jumped over and grabbed her and held her down because she was going to run out of church. And uh, they cast that demon out. And it had literally come in. <laughs> had no idea what was about ready to happen. And uh, so 
So there's power in the blood of Jesus, number one. Okay, that was where the anointing was coming from. And, uh, you know, it was just amazing to see what happened off of this video. But I digress. Um, so thank you for tuning in tonight. Again, this was kind of short notice. We'll see who tune, turn, turn, tunes in. Tongue tight. And uh, I hope this will be a good program. By the way, give you a couple updates. Um, I'm planning to launch the Mega Man Radio Network on WWCR Shortwave. Uh, starting this Sunday, we'll be taking a, a one-hour program over there. Dr. Pat Holliday and I are taking spiritual warfare to the shortwave community. Would you believe there's a lot of people who do not use the Internet? Well, I would have never guessed that. But uh, a lot of people believe the Internet is going down, and uh, so what they want to do is be prepared so they have shortwaves. Not a bad idea. But uh, we're going to take the program to the airwaves, and it goes across the USA. So pray for us on that. Uh, this broadcast also uh, is disseminated through uh, the iTunes network over at Apple. So if you go to iTunes, you can subscribe and download it to your MP3 player, iPod. And uh, one person wrote in tonight and said, thank you so much for alerting me that you're having a program. Well, I believe that the way that she got it was uh, in the blogtalkradio.com portal there. You go over there and just sign up for free. Okay, You get a login so you can participate in the chat room. And what they did is uh, you sign up um, and mark this as a, a favorite show. Anytime we do a program, you'll get an email blast. Pretty cool, huh? Or just go over to my Facebook page, and I'll post them there, usually um, a few minutes before the program. At any rate, um, <clears throat> yeah, I want to dive into something. We're, we're going to be reading from a booklet written by one Morley called The Devilish Side of Sex. This is booklet number one. And, you know, I have all of his 50 booklets, um, and I have so so much deliverance material here. Satan would probably just like to kill me for the amount of deliverance material I'm carrying around. I mean, I have tons of it. Uh, anywhere that I could find it, uh, I have picked it up. Of course, you need to use some discernment when you do it. And the litmus test, to, in my opinion, to determining whether or not you've got good deliverance material or not is simply see if they believe that a Christian can have a demon. If they do, good chance you're going to be reading some good material. Those that don't, I don't waste my time, because that shows me that they have not done much deliverance, or they would have already cast out a demon from a Christian, because, you know, deliverance is the children's bread. Okay, it's for the believer. That's what Jesus said. And, uh, you know, an unbeliever, you don't want to go casting a demon out of them if you can help it, uh, because if you do, it's just going to come back with seven of its friends, and the state of that person will be worse than when you found them. What you can do is you can cage these demons. So, you know, like we're praying for Marilyn Manson right now. You know, Marilyn Manson, troubled guy. Got a great voice, I admit. Okay, but uh, I don't like his songs or his theatrics. My point, though, is I went and looked at a documentary uh, that just got put up on YouTube. And um, it's a documentary about his life. And it was sad. You know, he was raised in a Christian school. And he was abused by people. They called themselves Christians. Got turned off on Christianity. He's going down into the basement of his house one day, and um, the story that they relate is checking out some boxes. A box falls off of a top shelf, and it has all these uh, reel-to-reel, like 16-millimeter films. Well, he plays one, and it's uh, sexual bestiality. Uh, and it was apparently a collection that his grandfather had kept. God have mercy. What was that doing around there, number one? What was his grandfather messing with that stuff for? I believe, uh, in looking at this documentary, very fascinating, that a generational curse came down the family line 
and um, took him out. A generational curse came down the family line, coupled with the fact that he was probably abused by some people at the Christian school that were not Christians. And now, look, he's like the number one proponent against uh, Christianity. It's very sad, but you look at the guy, he has suicidal thoughts, um, cut himself up pretty badly after a relationship ended with his girlfriend. Just totally a miserable person. You can tell it. Very articulate. Very smart guy, okay? Uh, I saw him interviewed on um, Michael Moore's. You know, a documentary about uh, nine, about the Columbine shootings, okay? And it's interesting what he said. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to just say, oh, the guy's a Satanist, you know. Let's uh, part company with him. No, what we do is you pray for the guy. And so what I will do is I will cage the uh, the foul spirits in him. In fact, I put on his webpage, I'm going to take you on as my special project. Every night, I'm going to pray for Marilyn Manson. I'm going to cage his uh, strongman, his demons, bind his finances and his organization. In the name of Jesus Christ, and command all foul spirits to go into a cage. Now, that's what you can do for the guy. You can pray for him, that God will uh, send his Holy Spirit to convict him. Uh, That guy does not want to wake up in hell one day, and that's where he's headed, if he does not repent. That's where all of us are headed if we don't repent and come to Jesus Christ. So what do you do? Um, Look what Jesus said to Peter. He says, Peter, Satan seeks to sift you. Okay, but... When you're converted, go and help your brethren. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, none of us uh, are good enough to enter into heaven. Uh, if it were not for, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, none of us would have a dog's chance. But uh, when we accept Christ as our Savior, and then we uh, we get uh, delivered, see ourselves restored, what you do is go help out uh, those that uh, haven't made it that far. That's our obligation. If you really love somebody, you pray for them. You don't want anybody to go to hell. I mean, you want want that on your worst enemy, because hell is for eternity. There's no ending there. And we might actually get uh, some of uh, Mike Marilyn Manson's friends joining us tonight in the chat room. Uh, maybe you're one of his friends. Final countdown. I don't know, but you know you are welcome here in this uh, chat room. Okay, so back to the topic here. I'm going to be reading from a booklet called The Devilish Side of Sex by Wynne Worley. This is booklet number one in his uh, 50 booklets that they produced. And he's got a whole set of um, Host of Hell series of books. You can get all these over at wrwpublications.com. But, you know, uh, I used to be an avid reader when I was a kid. I mean, I would uh, spend every opportunity I had in the library, whether it be in school or after school, what have you. I was just an avid reader. One thing it did for me is it... Uh, in, enhance my vocabulary. But I don't know. I went through a spurt, and I think I graduated from uh, reading to uh, computers back around 13, became a nerd, became an uh, underground um, computer pirate. I was on the uh, the forerunner of the Internet, CompuServe, back in 1985 when we were dialing up on 300 baud modems and uh, and trading pirated software. That was my early days. Actually, I was about 15, I guess. But, I, yeah, I did start uh, at about 12, 13 with computers, you know, ti 994 a was a Christmas present one year, and uh, people would be outside throwing the football. I would be on the computer for 12 hours at a time trying to figure out how to write programs. But, you know, um, I stopped reading, and uh, I would go maybe a year at a time, and then a craving would just hit me. And I would have to go out and buy three books and read them. 
and I ha- I'm sorry to say that uh, as I've gotten older, about the only text that I have spent a lot of time in is the Word of God. Now, I'm not apologizing for that. Praise God that I did that. I need to do more. And if that's all you read, that's fine. Praise God. You don't need any other book. But uh, I do miss um, the reading that I used to do uh, because, you know, you can learn a lot. And uh, you can learn from experiences of uh, people that went for us. And I'm talking nonfiction, okay? Uh, what are you going to really gain from fiction? Other than just put yourself in a, a fantasy world for a while. You might as well go to a movie. And we'll be talking about that, how dangerous they are. I've seen thousands. And uh, I put a link up in the chat room, incidentally. It's called uh, Hollywood Exposed, um, Hollywood Unmasked, excuse me. Somebody sent that to me. And uh, I actually stopped, clicked the link, and I watched all ten episodes today off of YouTube. Really eye-opening. It really is the truth. All these guys and gals, no matter how much money they've made, uh, they never find any fulfillment outside of uh, coming to Jesus Christ, which few of them make it. You know, they, they die miserable. They had everything the world could offer, and then they uh, they die, and it, it goes to someone else. And that's the road Maryland is on right now. But we're going to pray for him. You know, I had one guy say that he believes Marilyn Manson could be a prophet, you know, if he would come to Christ. He very well might could be. Very articulate guy. Um, you know, Jesus loves him just like he does you and I. So let's pray for the guy. But uh, clearly he's being attacked by spirits. And so that is one of the reasons um, we're doing a program tonight, because I believe this guy has been attacked by some sexual demons. And it's manifested. You know, he's kind of a transvestite. Um, what would be the word that you would call it? Um, kind of a mixture. Man and a woman. Unisex. You can't really tell. Interesting, but uh, the guy's trouble. Now, he does have a girlfriend, or he did. So you ask yourself, why is he doing these other things that he's doing? Is it just for show? Partly, but I do believe he is battling with uh, some demonic uh, spirits coming through sexual gateways. Okay, so uh, why did I kind of give you history about uh, my proclivity for reading at a young age? Well, I want to get back there to where I start just uh, devouring uh, books again. And uh, this show will kind of force me <laughs> to read because I'm going to be reading out of a book tonight called The Devilish Side of Sex. You can obtain this for $3, actually, over at uh, www.publications.com. And I recommend everybody have uh, the deliverance material you can find over on that website in your personal collection. When you read it, give it to somebody. Okay, so uh, if you want to join with me, um, you can get this book. Um, a little, a little uh, late to give you advance notice, all right? <laughs> you can join with me drinking some tea. Let me take a sip here. Mm. I usually drink Colombian blend, coffee, uh, hot tea, or maybe a cold beverage. Uh, you know, my beverages have to have a lot of ice. Uh, I'm not one that just says, you know, fill it up with no ice. I like to maintain the optimum temperature, you know what I mean? All right, here we go. Now, what's interesting about this booklet is it's going to contain... Um, some mass deliverances along the way. So I'm going to be reading them, and uh, it can have an effect on you right where you're at. All you've got to do is just be in agreement with me. Okay, here we go. Ready? Started off, Walking Time Bombs, the first chapter. Many have rightly been concerned that all too often preachers and other Christian leaders reach an apex in their ministries and then fall into sexual or other serious sins, demolishing all that has been accomplished. Whole churches and many young believers have been shaken and hurt by such a tumble. 
A basic problem is the indwelling demons which have not been dealt with in deliverance. For example, many times a young fellow will go through sexual experiences which will fill him with lust and sexual fantasies. When he determines to walk with the Lord, he battles to overcome the temptations and often wins. After rising to a place of prominence and usefulness in the Christian community, he may seem the ideal moral young man. Unfortunately, he's walking around with a time bomb inside of him. At a crucial moment, the devil can bait the hook with an attractive person sure to appeal to the victim. And before he knows it, he can go into a dizzy spin with spirits inside, reviving with horrible power. You know, I call those sleeper cell demons, or you can call them time bomb demons. He can become so dazzled that he seems unable to respond to control. Reason or other appeal from loved ones or friends. Disaster often follows with terrible tolls on the victim and everyone else involved. Does it always happen this way? No, but it has happened often enough that it is a distinct possibility and we would be wise to consider it. And I would use one example would be uh, Jimmy Swaggart. Definitely a great man of God. Had a great anointing on him, but uh, the word that we've heard is that uh, in the early days he would you know, do revivals and have porn mags in his trunk. You know, that was something that he never got victory over, and it took him down. It was his time bomb. For this reason, the command of Jesus to cast out demons must be scrupulously obeyed. Every spirit must be ruthlessly hunted down and ferreted out, for they are capable of bringing about just such a tragedy as described above. Deliverance is not just an option or an interesting sideline, but must be a vital concern of everyone who would be used of God, man or woman. The big three in destroying a man or woman of God are sex, money, and power. One is sufficient to destroy. The sex drive gives impetus to a leader in any field, and all successful leaders have a strong one. If not dealt with in total surrender to the Lord, that which gives him his drive can also become the Achilles heel and be his undoing. That is why the Apostle Paul had so much to say about curbing and controlling oneself. The deeper the hooks have been swallowed, the harder it is to dislodge them. Okay, uh, marriage-breaking spirits. Marital relationships are often broken or marred by the work of evil spirits, which commonly work in the husband. Because of wrong information and erroneous conditioning in our society, he will lust after his wife. This lust expresses itself in a strong masculine sex drive with selfishness and a brutal indifference to the sensitivity of the wife and her feelings and needs. A woman senses this lust and is offended by it, often feeling her husband has approached her as if she were a harlot to be exploited and used for his pleasure. As one wife expressed it, there are times when I feel like a spittoon. Such an encounter leaves the wife wounded and unsatisfied, often feeling unclean and unvalued by her spouse. This can bring a distaste and repulsion and her towards sexual contact with her mate. This, in turn, generates frustration and anger in the passionately aroused husband. He is made to feel inadequate by her rejection, whether it be active or passive, and yet his approach often makes it almost impossible for her to respond warmly. Too often, the only time there seems to be any tenderness toward or interest in her is in the bedroom. No woman can stomach this repeatedly. Now, men must be reprogrammed to love, not lust after their wives. Love does not rule out the strong sexual desires or fulfillment of them in the marriage, but it does refine and sweeten them so that the maximum 
satisfaction and benefit can come to each partner in the union. Now, women must never use the bedroom as a time for bargaining or airing of grievances. There is time for this, but it is not when the husband is romantic and aroused with desire for relations with his wife. If she presses such things on him at such a time, one of two things will happen. He may quickly accede to her every demand in order to have his way in bed. And, you know, however, uh, repeated episodes of this nature will build up a deep resentment against her for doing this to him. On the other hand, he may begin to develop an aversion for sex with her because of the emotional price he has to pay. Woe to the woman who puts her man through these gymnastics in order to consummate a sexual relationship. He may find he can do without her nicely or find a substitute in another person, maybe his work or some other outlet. Males are equipped with a very strong sex drive, but if a woman thwarts him repeatedly on various pretexts, she will live to regret it. Now, a wound to the male vanity in the area of sexual adequacy or potency is very difficult to heal and even more difficult to live with. Many women have discovered that it would have been far simpler to have accommodated their spouses more often than to face the results of their repeated refusals and rebuffs which created deep frustrations and anger in the husbands. Because sex is such a mental thing, the real meaning of the sex act can easily be destroyed for the male. It then becomes nothing more than a physical release of pressure, much like urination. This can trigger dangerous dissatisfaction and restlessness in a male and has contributed to marital discord and breakup. No wonder the Bible admonishes older women to teach the younger to love their husbands, Titus 2, 3, and 5. Unfortunately, many of the older females have damaged their own marriages by sexual rationing to their husbands, and what they teach the young will not help. Men, on the other hand, they must learn to bridle and control their sexual impulses and not expect his wife to satisfy him always, regardless of the cost to the wife. He must learn to pace and practice abstinence for the benefit and blessing of the wife. Mutual happiness is the goal and the key here. Not unbridled satisfaction of one partner at the expense of the other. Many men enter marriage like spoiled brats who have always had their way. They have never denied themselves sexual pleasure when they desired it, either it was through uh, sexual relationships or masturbation. They must recognize this as childish selfishness and work to satisfy and please their mate rather than themselves. Do I hear an amen out there from the women? Okay, many men <laughs> many men force them, their wives into oral, anal, and other sexual perversions. What they do not realize is that this gives openings for spirits to enter, setting them up for homosexuality. In this realm, what a woman can do, a man can do better because he understands male anatomy and responses and can be quick to comply. These practices can cause a man to fall into the snare of perversion when the situation is right. The same is true of a woman in lesbianism. Fear of homosexuality is a driving spirit in many American men, primarily because most have at some time in their life had homosexual contacts. They fear falling into the snare and therefore throw up a great facade of hatred of anything resembling homosexuality. One man in his 30s I dealt with recently, while in the 5th and 6th grades, was introduced to new erotic pleasures by some older buddies. Mutual masturbation led them to oral sex, and after he finally broke off the practice, he was left with a fiercely demanding habit of masturbation. He had no further homosexual experiences, but became exceedingly heterosexual 
plunging into many affairs which often involved oral sex with women. When he married, he and his wife experimented with many forms of sexual gratification detailed in the sex manuals, including oral sex. And after they were both saved, by mutual consent, they dropped all such things and settled into a satisfying sex life without any of the former overtones of perversion. He came to me seeking release from a terrible foreboding sense of fear which tormented and upset him. It was vague, and he could not actually analyze exactly what it was. Uh, when Worley says, as I prayed with him, the Lord said it was oral sex and a deep-seated terror of being a homosexual. When I questioned him about this area, he told me of his encounters as a youngster. When I demanded that the ruler of oral sex manifest, a cackling laugh came forth, and he informed me that he was an exceedingly powerful spirit and had this fool for all these years and by no means would come out. He declared that he and homosexuality had this stupid, quote-unquote, bastard bound and they would never release him. You know, I pointed out that the man had no homosexual contacts since he was a young teen and also that he was happily married. The demon snarled and says, I know it, that lousy blankety-blank. We would have gotten him a lot of times if she hadn't been so blankety-blank loving and met his needs. But we still have him, and he doesn't even know it, that fool. He has fought so against us. I, I tried to get him to look at the other guys in the showers and locker rooms. Uh, blankety-blank. He just wouldn't cooperate. Just goes home Just goes home to his wife, and he's married. Uh, I even arranged for him to have a gay roommate in the service and had guys approach him at work. That idiot. He could have had such fun if he would just listen. I hate his guts, and I hate you too, Worley. We'll still get him, though. We've got our hooks in him, and we've made him so miserable. And the dummy doesn't even know where it's coming from. For years, we had him hooked on masturbation and tortured him regularly with that. But he got control over that. Well, we'll get him back, though, and wear him down. Let him climb. We'll even shoot him down eventually, for we are still here, all of us. It says deliverance eventually dislodges them. Oral sex spirits lodge in the lips, the tongue, the taste buds, the jaws, the mouth, and the throat. They're also in the sex organs. After dealing with many spirits of perversion, we know that they can enter in through the eyes, the ears, through participation, whether it be active or passive. Now, in one case, a friend of mine was delivering a woman who had been introduced and forced into oral sex by an uncle when she was only five or six years of age. As she grew up, she continued this with her dates. At her deliverance, large gobs of slimy material were vomited, which reeked with a strong odor of male semen. Good grief. Folks, what we're talking about is heavy duty, but, I mean, it's out there. And, uh, you know, there's many people going around with these demonic spirits that came in through uh, sex acts that God did not uh, intend for people to engage in. And uh, I remember uh, listening to a tape from Derek Prince, and God would give him discernment, and uh, he would you know, do many deliverances. He was in service one time, and uh, God said, uh, look at the guy's fingers, basically. And what he found out, there happened to be a trait, people that masturbate a lot, I mean men, uh, their fingers would kind of bow backwards. And he looked down, and sure enough, the guy's hands had bowed back, and he, he kind of whispered to him, he says, brother, I, I know what you're bound up with. You know, he didn't want to embarrass the guy. Sure enough, it was just like he had seen it. So, uh, you know, that is, uh, it's a violation against your body. We were not called to, to do that. And, uh, you know, 
I just leave it at that. Okay, here we go. Whatever happened to the eunuchs? In our day, I fear that many times implications of the teaching of Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, 1 and 2 has been ignored. Our modern society has adopted the attitude that a person must be married to fulfill God's highest purpose and calling in life. Well, indeed, the pressures on God called men to get married from both the social and religious standpoint are incredible. The fact uh, plainly stated by Paul that some may not be destined to marry at all is brushed aside. It's assumed that no one can live a normal, productive life without marriage, and some even quote piously that the command to multiply and replenish the earth and seemingly set out as, you know, they set out as if it's a one-man job. In the seventh chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul explains an alternative to marriage and procreation without in any way downgrading holy matrimony. Because of the rules governing becoming a Pharisee, Paul was either a widower or he was separated from his wife. Some have speculated that she may have deserted him following his conversion. Definitely he was or had been married. And I shouts out to uh, all our friends tuning in tonight, cry out to Jesus, Ephesians 611, Inquisitive Jack, uh, Cloaked, and uh, the other guest out there. And again, this was kind of a last-minute uh, announcement. I was doing a show. I think maybe I made the announcement 10 minutes before we started. But uh, that's all right. This will go out over the MP3 network. We have just a small group tonight. We don't have uh, five, 400 like the other night, but uh, praise God for every one of you that turned up. Take a sip of my tea here. All right, here we go. Well, one of the significant things about Paul was that he neither felt martyred because he had no bed partner, nor was he seeking a new one, temporary or permanent. He felt he was where the Lord wanted him with no ties and no obligations to anyone but the Lord. Uh, this is a significant and striking contrast to many men in his situation today. The spectacle of men of God groveling at the whim of their own bodily passions, unable to exercise self-control, is quite different from the apostles' view that the highest calling was to bring the body and its desires into subjection, including sex. In our modern society, people have been conditioned to believe that a man must have sexual outlets or he can in no way be normal. This is a clever perversion of the truth. Perhaps this is one of the reasons we have no modern-day Pauls who cannot be controlled nor manipulated. Spoiled sissies who must have their physical appetites and cravings satisfied will never successfully stand against those in Satan's army. Trained to sever discipline and self-denial. No wonder the battle is often being lost to a determined and uh, dedicated enemy. All right. Sex and the Single Christian Male. We're, we're working through this booklet tonight called uh, The Devilish Side of Sex by Wynne Worley, for those just tuning in. Uh, hello, Clemster. Okay. It's surprising and dismaying to realize how the devil can work on a fellow when he does not understand some of the simple physiological mechanics of his own body. In the first place, we are very sexual creatures. We were so created. The sexual drive in a man gives masculine characteristics and the drive to lead and succeed in all areas of life. Because the sex drive is so very strong, second strongest action in the body, it is something with which you will always have to live. It would do no good to mope around wishing you were eunuch. Evidence of the sex drive is to be a source of rejoicing, rejoicing, not sorrow. How very sad indeed if you had none at all. 
and were incapable of stimulation. You'd be less than a man. Agreed? Because human beings are physically able to become parents long before they are mature enough to assume the duties and responsibilities of parenthood, there has to be a wise reason in God's economy for this. I believe it is that God has determined this to be a time in which fellows and girls are given time to learn self-control. Temperance or self-control is a highly valued quality in God's sight. In a time of peaking passions and strong sexual urges and desires which have no legitimate outlet, God has provided a time for testing and teaching this virtue. As James points out, the raw material from which patience is manufactured is trial and testing. That's James 1, 2 through 4. Even in marriage, there is not unlicensed satisfaction of sexual drives, for there are times when abstinence and continence must be practiced. At times such as during the menstrual cycle, periods of geographical separation from the wife. Amen to that one. And during uh, pregnancy. How about during sexual relations? Uh, well, let me see. It says sexual relations are either undesirable or impossible. If a man has not learned self-discipline in the matters of sex as he grows up, but has gratified his every sexual whim, he will not be likely to exercise constraint, restraint, and control during these periods. This can and does lead to much dissatisfaction and tension in his marriage relationship. This lack of discipline will show up in other areas of his life also, not just in those related to sex. Many men are like spoiled brats who selfishly gratify, gratify themselves with no consideration for others. I get tongue-tied here. i got to take some tea here. The basic problem is to learn to live with the sex drive and avoid sexual impurity and the punishing guilt which follows such involvements. Satan will urge a man to satisfy himself and prove his virility by sleeping with a girl, which is actually rather pointless. In the first place, such a relationship is basically selfish and merely uses another person to satisfy selfish desires. This cannot lead to anything good or wholesome. And in the second place, it places one into conflict with God's law against fornication and adultery. Actually, all those episodes prove that the man simply has a penis and testicles and that they work as they were intended to function. Even if a baby is conceived as a result of this illicit union, all that is shown is an already well-known fact. Fully 99% of all males have sex organs which work. And after puberty, they are capable of impregnating a fertile female. This is scarcely earth-shattering news. Dogs, cats, cattle, horses, and pigs are all capable of copulation, which leads to the production of their offspring. The chief difference in human reproduction is that in God's plan, they can not only produce offspring within the bonds of holy matrimony, but the man can often can then often uh, offer shelter and loving support for both wife and children. His duty is to rear the children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, when a young man becomes a Christian and renounces the past, including sexual sins of impurity, Satan immediately sets about to trip him up in the matter of this strong sex drive. He attacks by bringing great pressure to force him into sexual outlets, especially those of masturbation. 
Most of the time, this habit has established itself early in a boy's life and continues in spite of efforts to dislodge it. Many times, older fellows introduce the younger ones to this enslaving pastime. Although this practice usually does no physical harm, the aftermath is one of shame, guilt, condemnation, and failure, which are all debilitating. Masturbation is a form of self-indulgence and self-love, strictly a selfish pleasure. Sex was intended to be shared and given, not to be used simply for sensation and uh, physical release. To accomplish his design, Satan works on the vanity of the male ego. He also bends to his purpose physiological facts of male anatomy, of which many young men are unaware. One of the problems faced by the celibate man is that of the morning erection. Almost without exception, pray for me, brother. i got to get brave. Almost without exception, each morning he will awake with his male member fully erect. Uh, the devil immediately assures him that this is definite evidence of his potency and that he is so heavily sexed that he needs relief. This can be a pretty convincing argument. Although masturbation leads to an orgasm and a spasm of relief, it is followed by side effects of childing accusation by the accuser. This can bring genuine sorrow and even despair for the man who has broken his promise to himself and the Lord to abstain. Like so many of Satan's gimmicks, this one leads to torment in exchange for a momentary gratification. Do I hear an amen? The more times a man has crossed the sexual lines of demarcation in the past, whether that masturbation, heterosexual, or homosexual activities, the more difficulties he will have in breaking with the past. This is a simpler matter of sowing and reaping and must be expected and guarded against. Satan has a way of dredging up every filthy and exciting moment of the past to hurl it at his prey, and at this weakest moment to inflame and engulf him with passion. Not only does the enemy trade on your actual experiences, but those which you have witnessed or about which you have heard or read, namely pornography. These two will be used to bring surrender to lust. Self-pity is also employed to go the man into the act. Regarding the morning erection, the devil lies. The man is not oversexed at all. If he will go to the washroom and urinate, most of the time the erection automatically deflates. The cause was physiological, not sexual. So during the night, you know what has happened is urine accumulates in the bladder, which lies upon the prostate gland. As the pressure from the urine and the bladder increases, sensitive nerves in the prostate are triggered, producing the erection. There are other times when passion presses strongly. Again, there is at least a partial reason for this from a physical standpoint. As the hormones and seminal fluid build up in their various reservoirs, namely the prostate gland and the testicles, the organs may become slightly swollen, even a bit sore. Some call that blue balls. During, the, during, these, <laughs> okay. during these times, the male tends to be more irritable and has a feeling of being under pressure and tension without necessarily knowing why. Do I hear an amen, Clemster? During these periods, um, the male member may erect partially or completely on the slightest or practically no stimulation. And if not relieved by masturbation, the man will soon have a wet dream, which is a nocturnal omission, which will bring a sense of deep relief to the sexual system outside of marriage. Such releases may occur once a month, twice, three, or three even more times per month, as, uh, or even up to a week. 
depending on the individual, his physical and physiological makeup. His past sexual activities also exert an influence. Now, the frequency and the amount of fluid thrown off has little or no relationship to virility or the ability to become a father. Stimulation by books, movies, or even sexy talk may become a factor in sexual pressures. For a man is strongly influenced by such things. Sex is a very mental thing, not merely physical. Even when a wet dream has provided a physical relief, Satan tries to rob the man of its value. Seeking to destroy the feeling of relaxation and well-being following the omission, the devil immediately begins to accuse of lewdness, pointing to the usually very erotic and sometimes even filthy dream which uh, triggered the ejaculation. The enemy slyly insinuates that this is proof that the man is really still basically dirty and lustful, that there has been no change at all uh, in who the person is. These are nothing but lies, for Satan exhumes past experiences and fantasies to trigger sexual feelings and stimulation. When the body responds to such prodding, Satan accuses the person of being wicked. How true that is. When the accuser comes, he must be rebuked in Jesus' name. What you do is you need to praise the Lord because Satan is a liar, and the person so attacked is not really that awful wretch anymore, although he might well have once been. To remember that Jesus has delivered you from the slavery of sexual indulgence and its resulting guilt, condemnation, and shame is grounds for rejoicing and praising of his grace. Drifting off to sleep, praising Jesus Christ for all his provisions for you will help you turn back the darts of the devil. Now a problem arises. A man knows 1 Corinthians 10.13 and understands all the mechanics of physical sex pressure and even the psychological warfare Satan wages to lead into sexual sin. But in spite of all this, he falls by going beyond what he knows and lets the devil go to into masturbating. Now what can he do? The spasm of orgasm brought a kind of physical relief, but now he feels a keen sense of failure and that he's a weakling. So what do you do now? Well, the devil's quick to spine answer. He'll say, give up. You can never change. You know, he, he advises slyly to just let nature take its course. For you are oversexed and not strong enough to resist temptation. Others can be strong, but not you. You know, he's lying as usual, but he appeals to the sensitivity and the male vanity. He reminds you that your mind is filled with sex all the time, so why fight it? Well, do not be hoodwinked by his lies. All that is proved is the well-known fact that we are very sexual creatures. You need to learn how to bring this powerful drive under the control of the Holy Spirit. It'll take some time, because most have indulged rather than controlled themselves, especially in sexual areas. Don't waste time with vain recriminations over your failure. What you do is use... 1 John 1, nine, admitting your slip to the Lord and let him forgive and cleanse you. Forgive yourself also. The episode may have opened your mind and body to sex spirits. Therefore, pray something like this. And uh, if, if any of this reads true for any of you tuning in either live or in the MP3, you can pray along with me, and uh, it can have effect on you tonight. Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I command that every spirit of masturbation, lewdness, uncleanness, adultery, fornication, perversion, pornography, 
Leave me right now in Jesus' name. Now, stop praying and breathe slowly and deeply three or four times. Just start taking some slow breaths, deep breaths, and just blow it out right now. Be persistent and repeat this until they leave. Once again, Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I command that every spirit of masturbation, lewdness, uncleanness, adultery, fornication, perversion, or pornography in the listeners out there right now, come out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on out of the people of God right now. And for those that are not uh, Christians, I command those same spirits just called out to be caged up in you right now and go into a cage inside of you in Jesus' name. Analyze the circumstances which led up to your failure. Avoid that pathway the next time Satan attempts to maneuver you into it. Be on the alert. Guard against uh, sexy movies, TV, books, and, you know, from being around people that uh, have lewd talk like that. Stay clear of lust-inducing petting and deep kissing on dates. Instead of a good night kiss, have a good night prayer. With each thanking the Lord for having such a good time on a date. This procedure has a way of eliminating the need for strong physical expression, and yet the spiritual ties are strengthened. Usually the heaviest temptations come when you're alone. So what do you do? What you can do is study God's Word and pray. Get plenty of physical exercise and sports and other physical outlets you find rewarding. If it tires you physically, you enjoy rest. An icy shower has been known to cool some off of the hottest passions and should be employed relentlessly. For some, sleeping on the stomach will help. Instead of lying in bed, half awake in the mornings, hop up and get moving. For many fellows, just staying in the bed is to invite problems. Set your alarm for the time you need to get up and and get out of bed and get going. Find methods which are helpful to you personally and use them to reinforce your good resolutions. As Paul admonished young Timothy, keep thyself pure and flee youthful lust. The scripture reading for that is 1 Timothy 5.22, 2 Timothy 2.22, and and 1 Corinthians 9.27. Now, we're about halfway through this book, or let's say a third of the way, okay? But I'm going to pause here, take another drink of my tea, and then we're going to pray for Ephesians 6.1.1. Ephesians 6.1.1 is going to be taking a test. Uh, excuse me, took the test, scored high. I remember now, praise God. Prayer worked. Uh, you did awesome on that test uh, from your testimony you wrote in. And tomorrow you're going to be doing uh, an interview for a job. And so I'm uh, just asking those out there right now listening to agree with me in prayer as we pray for Ephesians six one one. Father God, I, I lift her up right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We want to thank you that uh, you blessed her mind the other day when she took the test and she scored very high. We give you the honor and the praise for that, Lord Jesus. We're asking right now that you and loose angels to go out before her and create favor with the people that she's going to interview tomorrow, God, that she would get this job if it be your will. God, we're asking for supernatural favor and that you would, that you would fill her with confidence ask that you would loose wisdom and knowledge in her, that she'd be able to answer any question that they may pose tomorrow in accordance with Ephesians 1 and 17. And again, Father God, bless her on this interview. 
help her to get the job that she needs. We're also praying that uh, this be the job that uh, will give her the answer to her financial needs, God. And if there is uh, any uh, room for salary increase, that you ask, I ask God that you would have them give her the maximum salary allowable for this position in the name of Jesus Christ. We we'll also lift up Elise. We we'll also lift up anybody else out there, Father, that needs a job right now. We ask that you'd open up doors of opportunity for them, give them the job that they need so they can support uh, their families. We apply the blood of Jesus to her right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, praise God. Um, going to get that job tomorrow. Um, the angels are being loosed as we speak to go out and create favor. And so God bless you uh, as you go out uh, to interview tomorrow. And um, this is a live program tonight. Uh, we're reading from a book called The Devilish Side of Sex by Wynne Worley. This is booklet number one in the uh, 50 book series available over at www.publications.com. And now we're going to uh, continue on uh, with the title, The Snare of Sex Perversion. And if your uh, system uh, freezes, just hit Control-F5. What that will do is uh, rebuffer it. Okay. Here we go. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore put off the works of darkness, Romans thirteen twelve, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Ephesians 5.11 One of the grossest and most prevalent areas of sin in our liberated culture is the open espousal and practice of the ancient arts of sex perversion. From the radio, the TV, rock music, books, and articles, and even from some clergymen and quote-unquote Christian counselors, the word goes forth, well, if it feels good, do it. Under the guise of liberty and sexual freedom, these heralds of a new day have actually succeeded in hoodwinking thousands of gullible people into terrible bondage. God's Word still declares, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant or the slave of sin. That's John 8, 3, 4. Paul described these false voices as traitors, heady, high-minded, and lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust. That's 2 Timothy 3, 4, and 6. These abominable practices which brought fire and brimstone upon Sodom and Gomorrah have put many under terrible spiritual oppression in our day. And I want to insert something there. Uh, God judged Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain. There was more than just Sodom and Gomorrah that was destroyed. Okay, uh, basically they were nuked with fire and brimstone. And uh, the reason, the trigger for that was sodomy, you know, homosexuality. Men with men, women with women, people with beasts, bestiality. And, you know, that's a warning, folks, to any uh, society which would allow that to happen. Did you know that there are some denominations that would call themselves Christian that allow it to go on in the pulpit and they'll allow pastors to be ordained who are homos 
You look at the Catholic Church. Uh, so many um, young choir boys raped because the the Pope forces clergymen not to marry. Okay, they force them to. Now, I bet you if they would uh, have said, you know, if you want to be like uh, Paul and be a eunuch, um, go for it. You'll be better off for it. But if you want to marry, be married. I bet you wouldn't have all this rape going on. In fact, uh, it's a well-known fact that turn of the century, they had some of these uh, missions, and they were called called, uh, cloistered nunneries. And what they would do is they would have, um, you know, the monks in one building, and they would have the nuns in another, and they would dig tunnels that would connect the two. And what they would do is they would go down there and have sex, and actually the nuns would get uh, pregnant, and they would abort the babies, and they would uh, bury them in the tunnel system, in the ground. Uh, Sick stuff. But, you know, look what they were forced to do. Okay? You know, God created a man for a woman. Not Adam to be with Steve. <laughs> um, and uh, marriage is good. I don't think I could be a eunuch, honestly. You know, I know some people have been eunuchs for fourteen years. Now, the, the word says that there are some that are born eunuchs. There are some that are made eunuchs by men. God forbid. Uh, and there are some that make themselves eunuchs. Well, I say more power to you. You know, I believe a man is for a woman. But back to the issue of Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the point I'm trying to make here is uh, you're seeing that more and more prevalent. Uh, go to San Francisco, go to Las Vegas. The last time I was in Vegas, I couldn't believe the number of homosexuals here. When I was in Costa Rica, homos everywhere. I mean, it's like everywhere that you go, they're becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida, dear God, have mercy. One day I went out to, uh, to the bank. Bank teller, bank manager, uh, the restaurant, it was like everywhere I went, there were gay men there. I mean, the place is just infested. And the point I'm trying to make here, the danger here, okay, is not only is that a sin, and those people, if they don't repent, are on their way to hell, but it's a sign that God is going to be pouring out his judgment very soon. Because God won't let a place be overrun. He'll take it out first. And uh, that's one of the things that Demetri Dudman saw. He said God was going to bring down um, various cities across America with fire, nuclear fire, most likely, because of uh, they had become Sodom and Gomorrah. He named some of the places: San Francisco, Las Vegas. God have mercy. The uh, the Keys, Florida, New Orleans area. Nuclear biological chemical attack, folks, is coming to America. And it's because of all the uh, the homosexuality, and we've got a we've got a president which, uh, right after he was elected, had a big party, invited all the transvestites to show up. Now, what's what's that say? God have mercy. What do we come to? Um, and I'm not picking out on Obama, not at all, because uh, Clinton, Bush Senior, Bush Junior, um, they're all demonized. Okay, they've all done their their share of evil. I'm just saying, it's a sad day for America. Well, let me get back to uh, to this. Yeah, and actually, Daniel was. Uh, I see a chat comment. The Daniel was a eunuch. Um, what they used to do is the kings would uh, take men and make them eunuchs, 
and put them in charge of their harem as a woman. Because uh, that way you could trust the uh, the guard not to molest the women. Um, there were also, I believe I've read in the Word that there were also some <laughs> uh, sometimes where these guys would just go uh, grab men out of cities involuntarily to make them eunuchs. I mean, God forbid, you, 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 you're just walking down the street and all of a sudden you were uh, surrounded by some soldiers and they take you off and make you a eunuch. I mean, that used to happen. So that's what it means when, you know, made eunuch by men. Okay, well, uh, we're reading from the devilish side of sex. When were we? Most people seem unaware of or are indifferent to the blistering condemnation God's word brings against all sexual perversions. Such practices have always formed the backbone of heathen idol worship and is an integral part of witchcraft and Satan worship. The first chapter of Romans describes a three-step descent of man into depravity. First is the debasing of the God consciousness created a man to a worship of the creation rather than the creator. The result of this is vain imaginations in the darkened heart. Step two is centering worship upon graven images, Exodus 20 and 4. And even the images are in descending order. Excuse me. First worshipped are the likenesses of men, the apex of God's creation, then birds, next four-footed beasts, and finally creeping things. As a result of this rebellion, the Lord gives them up to illicit sex between men and women, thus destroying the marriage relationship and undermining the structure of the home. The third step down is homosexuality and perversion. Again, practice and worship of the gods set up to foolish and blinded men. This is the Bible. Excuse me. This the Bible declares leads to reprobate mind, and as one translator said, they receive a mark in their personality through indulgences in these sins. This is followed by a great list of sins made easy by the progression into lust and sexual perversions. Let's define a few terms. Fornication. Fornication is sometimes said to refer to illicit sex between unmarried persons, but it is actually a general term for all unlawful sexual acts. In scriptures, incest, adultery, and idolatrous sex orgies are called fornication. Uh, Matthew 5.32, 1 Corinthians 5.1, and Corinthians 10.5 and 8, and Exodus 32.1-25. Now, adultery is voluntary sexual intercourse between a married person and someone who is not their legitimate mate. Effeminate refers to a homosexual man. A catamite, that's a new term, a catamite, spelled C-A-T-A-M-I-T-E. 1 Corinthians 6 through 9. Abusers of themselves with mankind, out of 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, is the Greek word arsenokoiites, or sodomite. Interesting. Arseno. One guilty of unnatural offenses, one who practices sodomy. According to the dictionary, this is carnal copulation with a member of the opposite sex. Specifically, sodomy refers to oral or anal copulation. Often married persons use Hebrews 13 and 4 as an excuse to practice sodomy. Let us consider it in several translations. First, the New American Standard. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Again, the Phillips translation says, Both honorable marriage 
and chastity should be respected by all of you. God himself will judge those who traffic in the bodies of others and defile the relationships of marriage. Uh, okay, here's another. It says, marriage must be held in honor by all, and the marriage relations kept sacred. Persons who are sexually vicious and immoral, God will punish. Now, God has never condoned fornication, sodomy, or any type of uncleanness in or out of marriage. According to 2 Corinthians 10, through 5, 10 verses 5, God desires that we cast down imaginations which would rear up against the teachings of his word, and we are to bring every thought into the captivity to Christ Jesus. Because we become what we think about, Paul points out that we should think on things that are honest, pure, lovely, virtuous, and of a good report. That's Philippians 4 and 8. Peter exhorts the believers to be holy in all manner of conversation, even as Christ is holy. In 1611, when the King James was translated, conversation was a much more inclusive term than it is today. And it was embraced the, the whole way of living, not just what was said. And this is the sense in the Greek. God wants not just our speech to be free from evil, but our walk, habits, and mental attitudes. So, you know, there is a difference between temptation and sin. If the thought to sin never occurred, there would be no temptation. God does not promise to stop temptations, but will make a way of escape to overcome them with every temptation that is brought by the enemy. You know, it's Satan that tempts, not God. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. Now, temptations are life birds flying over your head. You cannot possibly shoot every one. But it is your fault if one builds a nest in your hair. Just refuse to entertain the thought to sin. Keep rejecting it and rebuke it verbally as from the enemy. In overcoming, believers are strengthened, and although the old nature and flesh cry out for satisfaction, refuse to give the enemy ground. If the mental battle is won, the body will obey, right? Sensual relates to or consists in the gratification of the senses or the indulgence of appetite. To be devoted to or preoccupied with the senses or appetites. Voluptuous, deficient in moral, spiritual, intellectual interest. Okay, evil concupiscence is an ardent desire and longing for evil, especially in the sexual area. Inordinate affection refers to that which is unregulated, disorderly, exceeding, reasonable limits, immoderate, or excessive. You may have heard the term lasciviousness. Well, that's the promoting or partaking of that which tends to produce lewd emotions. Anything which fosters sexual sin and lustfulness. Both men and women can dress and or conduct themselves in a lascivious manner, thus causing others to stumble. Finally, uh, let's define filthy communication. It's derived from the Greek word meaning useless, putrid, or obscene. Blue jokes, pornographic books, movies, pictures, rock music, profanity, and blasphemy all come under this classification. That's out of Ephesians 4 and 29, Colossians 3 and 8. Sexual intercourse is not an evil thing when in the frame of reference intended by God. In the bonds of holy matrimony through physical union, couples are to find a closeness and a joy and blessing impossible to attain by any other means. It becomes a spiritual as well as a physical experience and is meant to fulfill both men and women to the highest degree. This explains the devil's never-ending battle to debase and prostitute sex into a mere physical experience, thus robbing it of all spiritual significance. Procreation of children is a blessed byproduct, but it is by no means the only reason for sex. Um, I'm going to close this chapter. I'll make some comments here. If you're harassed, driven, and tormented by filthy memories, words or voices coming into your mind, 
and I'm talking to anybody listening out there right now. I see a lot of people that came in. If you are constantly undressing others with your eyes, and lewd and evil thoughts constantly flood your mind, if you are a masturbator, fornicator, homosexual, or a lesbian, then you have opened doors for many evil spirits to come into you. Here is a prayer which has helped many to entangle the bondage and break free. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this prayer, and uh, if you're battling with any of these thoughts, you just can't uh, get rid of them. The, every waking thought, you know, just like that song from Korn, Adidas, all day I dream about sex. If that is just consuming your mind, okay? That's not from God, and that's uh, that's not the healthy impulse he put into you, which is to be deployed inside a marriage relationship. Well, you're being attacked by demonic spirits, and what's going to happen is either you're going to take a captive of those thoughts and get them under control, okay? Or what they're going to do is they're going to... Uh, open the doorway for you to commit sin, and then what you've done is the demons come in. Okay, so if uh, if you would like to be set free, then I'm going to pray for you right now. Just be in agreement. Lord Jesus, I have been involved in sexual sin, and I do now repent and confess to you that I have committed, and what you would do here is name specifically all the sexual sins you can remember. As God brings them to your mind, just acknowledge that it was a sin. I claim freedom for my body and my mind from the bondage of sexual slavery and claim the promise that whosoever calls upon the Lord shall be delivered. That's out of Joel 2 and 32. Lord, you have promised that if I confess my sin, you will forgive my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. It's 1 John 1 and 9. I do now claim and accept your forgiveness and cleansing. Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior, and I am notifying you now that in his name I am reclaiming every area of my mind and body which has formerly been given over to you and your host. Specifically, I claim freedom and cleansing in the areas of sexual sin, and as a believer priest, I renounce you and your host and command that they leave me now in the name of Jesus Christ. So right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we take authority right now over all evil spirits that came in through masturbation, fornication, adultery, homosexual or lesbian sex, or any other sexual perversion. I bind these foul spirits right now, and I command you to come out of the people right now in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, you foul spirits, come out right now and go to Jesus right now to be judged for your time. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, I bind those spirits up in you and I cage them up in the name of Jesus. And that is the prayer that we're going to pray. And we've got some heavy-duty ones coming. Get ready, folks. Fix and do a mass deliverance for sexual spirits. You know, uh, sexual spirits, uh, good success has been reported by husbands praying for their wives using Hosea 2 and 6. Husbands may ask that a hedge of thorns be placed around their mates for protection. Those studying mental illness and conduct which devastate the personality have been aware of the terrible damage done by adultery. The curses on adultery and fornication open the doors for wounds, disgrace, endless reproach, utter ruination, false teaching, bondage by cords of sin, tight binding, lack of discipline instruction, going astray, false leadings, wrong decisions, opening 
up yourself to false teaching, wasted and tormented years. You know, the curse of whoredom interferes with marriage because until delivered, the person is captive to some degree to whoredom's sexuality and seduction. There is absolutely no escape from the damage done to an individual by violating God's word through adultery and fornication. However, there is great hope and encouragement in deliverance and the reconstruction of the life. Truly, how great is our God? The bird whose wing was broken in the fowler's trap can warn other birds to avoid being ensnared. Okay, now we're going to do a mass deliverance. We're going to uh, renounce some sexual sins. Okay, and I'm going to pray them. And all you've got to do is just be in agreement with you, with me, and uh, you can get some deliverance tonight. For those who have been deeply involved in sexual sins, this prayer has proved very helpful. So here we go. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe that he is the Son of God, who takes away the sin of all those who repent and confess him as Lord. I believe that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. I claim freedom from all filth of a sexual nature, which came through my eyes, my ears, my mind, or through actual participation in sin. I particularly, in particular, I confess the following. All preoccupation with sensual desires and appetites and indulges of them, all longing and ardent desire for what is forbidden, namely evil concupiscence, all, or inordinate affection, all unnatural and unrestrained passions and lust, all promoting or partaking of that which tends to produce lewd emotions and foster sexual sin and lust. Right now, I further confess all filthy communication, obscene and filthy language, conversation and jokes, lewd and obscene music, poetry, literature and art, all pornography, all acts of sodomy, adultery, immorality, fornication, masturbation, oral and anal sex, effeminacy, homosexuality, also all affection for and attachment to philosophies, religions, and lifestyles which glorify, promote, or condone sexual conduct and thought. Word and deed, contrary to the standard for believers in the Bible. I further renounce the expression of these philosophies, religions, and lifestyles in art, literature, mass media, and public practices and attitudes. Lord, I ask that your spirit reveal other sexual offenses in my life that I have committed. Father, I confess and renounce all cult involvement, both known and unknown, by me or my ancestors. I hate Satan and his demons and all his works, and I count all that offend you. Father is my enemy. Your word declares, in my name shall they cast out devils. And right now, in sleeping her, I bind all foul spirits of lust in you. And in 1366, I cage all of your demons right now. I revoke the power that the demons have to operate in you, and I bind them right now. And I command them to go into a cage in Jesus' name. Back to the prayer. I accept these promises, and in Jesus' name I command Satan and all his host of evil spirits to come out of me, my body, my mind, and my spirit. Especially, I renounce the falling spirits of sexual sin. Now, 1366 and sleeping her, what you're going to want to do right now is you want to think about the things that you've done that have been aberrant sexual behavior. Okay? And just confess them. Because you can confess and get uh, repentance tonight. If you do not, and you can continue to masturbate, what's going to happen is you're going to have a homosexual demon jump into you, and you're going to be a flaming homosexual. That's how it starts, okay? 
So I'm just warning you here, this is not anything to joke about. You've got to repent and get control of this before they take you over completely. All right. Now, I accept these promises, and in Jesus' name, I command Satan and all his hosts of hell, all his evil spirits, to come out right now of me, my body, my mind, and my spirit, in Jesus' name. And I take authority over any foul spirits that came in through sexual sin, and any of the people out there and listening right now. And the believers, I bind you right now. Come out of them right now in Jesus' name and go to Jesus to be judged before your time. And any person that does not know Christ, I bind and cage your demons, and I command them to go in a cage right now. I'm going to try to get you some help out there. I also renounce the prince of occult sex and command all of his demons to leave me now in the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior. Christ was made a curse on the cross for me, Galatians 3 and 13, and blotted out the handwriting of ordinances against me, Colossians 2 and 14. I declare all curses over my life, whether through my own sins or those of my ancestors, to be broken right now, particularly in the area of sexual sin and occult involvement. I claim freedom from all curses which have been placed upon me in the name of Jesus Christ. And right now, I bind the Kundalini spirit that may be operating anybody out there, and we cut the tail off Kundalini right now. Come out of the people right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Go into the cage. In the name of Jesus. Right now, we claim freedom from all curses, again, which have been placed upon us in the name of Jesus Christ. And I hereby reclaim all ground that I have ever given to Satan in my body, mind, soul, or spirit, and I dedicate it to you, dear Lord Jesus, to be used for your glory alone. I want you to control and empower every area of my life, including all my sexual powers, that from now on they might be used according to your will. I also now give to you my affections, emotions, and desires, and request that they might be motivated and controlled by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Okay, now I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to call out some spirits. We've laid some of the legal groundwork, and as I call these demons out, you foul spirits. If you're in any of the people of God, you are to come out and go into the cage. And in anybody that does not know Christ, the same thing. You're to come out and go into the cage. Stand by. Here we go. Father God, I ask that you would put a, a hedge of protection. Around the believers out there, I apply the blood of Jesus to everyone listening right now. And I'm asking God that you would loose your angels to go and execute these orders. To go in there and any foul spirit which does not obey the command to come out and go into the cage. I ask God that you loose angels to go in with flaming swords and cut out the roots of these demons and choke them out and drag them to the cage in Jesus' name. Abortion. Murder. Abuse, adultery, barrenness, burning passions, bondage, child molestation, cruelty, concupiscence, defilement, depravity, insatiable desire for sex, desire to be the opposite sex, dirty old man, enticement, exhibitionism, fear of sex and marriage, femininity and males, masculinity and females, fetishism, free love, frigidity, homosexuality, hypersensitivity to sexual stimuli. I bind you. Come out in the name of Jesus Christ and go into the cage, you foul spirits. 
any foul spirits that came in through listening to Marilyn Manson, we bind you. Come out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I bind up all foul spirits operating in 1366 in Slipner. Father God, I ask that you loose blindness and confusion onto the demons right now. And I command all demons you engage in civil war right now. Come out of them right now and go into the cage in Jesus' name. All demons of immorality, impotence, impotence, impurity, incest, incubus, succubus, asmodeus, osmodeus, infidelity, inordinate affection, inordinate desire, lasciviousness, lesbianism, lewdness, lust, lustfulness, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, masochism, masturbation. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come out right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. You get into the cage. All demons that came in through masochism, sadomasochism, masturbation, auto-masturbation, nudity, nymphomania, oral sex, any demons that came in through pornography, whether it be from the Internet or Playboy magazines, Penthouse, Playgirl, all demons that came in through the Playboy channel, all demons that came in through watching uh, television and movies, we bind you. Come out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Pains in the genitals, pains in the prostrate gland, all demons that go by the name of penis, perversion, pleasure, pornography, pride in sexual ability and potency, rape, ravishment, sadism, satirism, deviant, seduction, occult seduction, orgy, sensuality, sexual desire for children, slavery, sodomy, succubus, symbolic sex, sexual fantasies, all demons that came in through playing internet games on Xbox or PlayStation 3. Come out of the people of God right now in Jesus' name. Transvestitism, uncleanness, vice, voyeurism, wandering eyes, wantonness, whore, prostitution, wicked sex, wild affection, also the obsessive fear of any of the above, and the spirit of fear. We bind you. Come out right now in the name of Jesus Christ and go into the cage, you foul spirits. In the name of Jesus. Now, you know, many of these sex spirits we just called out, they come in through reading, movies, television, pictures, and even hearing people talk about them. It's important to keep the guards up of the mind because uh, when you do these things, the entrance is dropped and the demons will come in. If we lower the bars, okay, to our mind that God put around it, although the things have never been experienced in the flesh, they can set up a pattern of harassment and torment. The demons who thus gain a foothold can and do constantly flood the thoughts patterns of uh, tormented individuals with vivid flashes of lewdness. This is an all-out attempt to seduce the person into committing the, the acts. Even when resisted, these can produce massive attacks by guilt, condemnation, shame, misery, and torment. And that's right, uh, commercials. We've got to be very careful, folks. What you watch, it goes in the eye gate, okay? You've just opened your doorway for a demon spirit to come in. What about music videos, okay? Uh, have you ever seen a music video that does not uh, 
promote sex in some way or another. Now, we're going to go after some other. In the category of sexual lust, here we go. I'm going to call the name out of these demons, and if they're in you, they're to come out and go into the cage right now. Arcolius, which is the ruler of radiational energy. Astaroth, which is the controller. And we believe Astaroth is operating in Marilyn Manson. Right now, as promised, we bind and cage all the demons in Marilyn Manson, including Astaroth. I bind them, and I command you to go into a cage right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Andromeda, which is the lust for men, the fear of men. Belial, which is attached to uterine pain, testicle tumors, cunning, craft, deception, scheming. Butterworth, which works with Belial and female sexual organs and is a control over pregnancy. So if there's any people out there that uh, women have been trying to get pregnant and cannot, we bind the spirit of Butterworth and loose their womb right now in Jesus' name and come out and get in the cage. I didn't know that, but we, we took care of that one. Boracon, which is tied into prostitution. Any demons called Cervello, which are lesbian and homosexual. Cressel, which is sexual fantasy. Cooldown, which is masturbation and erection. We bind you. Come out right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Bimus, which is affiliated with daytime erection, prostitution, and motorcycle gangs. Elimon, which is sexual frigidity. Now, right now, I take authority over the frigid spirit and all men and women of God out there right now. Any foul spirits stopping sexual intimacy in the bedroom linked to frigidity, we bind you. Loose the people of God right now and go to the cage in Jesus' name. Eldimo, which is vaginal irritations. Himalayas, which is sexual torture. Eldona, the name of the demon associated with sex with humans. Femus, which is the demon associated with night wet dreams. Hero, which is the demon that is involved with animal sex with humans. Jasmine, which is involved with oral sex. Jade Kamesh, which is woman and animal sex. Prello, which is the control of the vaginal muscles. We bind you. Come out and go into the cage in the name of Jesus. Trello, which is a demon associated with sexual ritual. Huda, idle sex relations and worship of sex acts. All demons called Bimus, Pinus, and Trimus, which are sent by Lucifer for phallic sex worship. We bind you. Come out in the name of Jesus. Orphus, Organda, Goroando, which block out desire and emotions for copulation. Bicimo, which is pornography and sexual filth of the mind. Penis, which is supernatural erection. Diana, Rosemary, Venus, which are attached with witchcraft and supernatural sex desires and sexual false love. All demons that came in through listening to the song by Frankie Avalon called Venus or Bananarama called Venus, we bind you. Come out right now in Jesus' name. Now we're going to go after incubi and succubi. These are the demons which have been raping people at night and attacking people and sitting on their chest and freezing and paralyzing them, coming into the dream state. Right now, I take authority over any demonic spirits which have attacked people through the dream state. Listening to this program, we bind you, come out of the people of God right now and go into the cage in Jesus' name. Incubi and succubi. These are vicious sexual spirits which can molest and torment susceptible individuals. Those attacking females are called incubus. 
and those concentrating on males are called the succubus. They often come into prominence in connection with witchcraft spells, love potions, and other curses of lust. They also can operate when people consciously and habitually experiment with sexual sin. Those coming through hereditary heredity cause some of the most terrible problems because they begin their work even on young children. The attacks are usually concentrated on the individual while he sleeps, and he or she may be awakened with fondling hands, caressing hot lips and tongue, and other forms of lust-inducing stimulation. At first, the affair may seem quite dreamlike, and the person may even think he is imagining the whole thing. It can be quite pleasant in the beginning and result in sexual orgasm. However, this will be promptly followed by guilt, condemnation, and accusation. Now, how many of you have experienced that? You just thought it was a dream. I will not go into lurid details, but every kind of deviant sexual experience can be generated by these spirits. They delight in inflicting pain, fear, and mental anguish on their victims. Many times they will stimulate a half-sleep victim to the verge of orgasm, but not allow it. This is in order to drive the person to masturbation, to relieve burning urges and tension. These depraved spirits play with their captives, cruelly tormenting and using their bodies to satisfy the orgiastic and filthy cravings of these demons. Once entrenched, they do not care whether or not the experience is pleasant for the host. As a matter of fact, they rather prefer that it produce pain and suffering. This way, they not only enjoy the lust they generate, but also the horror with which the cringing and hapless person is filled again and again, over and over, and as they're driven to do what they come to hate and dread. The lower the person can be made to sink, the more animalistic and sickening filthy becomes, and the more the demons enjoy, enjoy their cruel game. How true. Now, we're going to talk about freedom from inordinate affection. So, before we go there, I bind all incubus and succubus, asmodeus, osmodeus, all foul spirits that have come in through dreams and during the sleep state. We bind you command you to come out of the people right now and go into the cage in the name of Jesus. I pour the blood of Jesus over everyone listening out there right now. We bind all foul spirits. Come out right now and go into the cage in Jesus' name. After we come to Christ as Savior, we need to carefully check our former friends and associates. Where there have been wrong activities, confession of actions, thoughts, desires, and attitudes, as sin is necessary, claim, claiming forgiveness and cleansing. 1 John 1 and 9. Many, if not all, of these friendships and alliances will have to be renounced totally. Inordinate affections include close friendships outside of the Lord Jesus Christ involving affections. They may be heterosexual or homosexual contacts and fellowship and other sinful practices. All former friendship and ties were after the flesh. 2 Corinthians 5 and 16. In the flesh, your carnal mind is enmity with God not subject to, nor can it ever be subject to God, Romans 8 and 7. Remember, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, Second Corinthians 5 and 17. And I'll interject something there. Uh, we used to have, uh, when I lived in Costa Rica, my landlord was a lesbian, and um, we had a cluster of apartments next to ours, my wife and I, and uh, next door neighbor was a, a homosexual. Never forget the day. Uh, I'm sitting in my office trying to work, and uh, we had a two-bedroom apartment. I worked in one, 
And my wife said, hey, I want to introduce you to my friend. This dude comes up to the door, and I went to shake his hand, and I immediately looked at him and knew something was wrong. Hey. <laughs> I mean, you can tell. He sits down on the couch, and I was trying to be friendly, so I sat down and talked to him, and he immediately told me that uh, his parents had caught him in a sexual act, and I, I hadn't known the guy for five minutes. Uh, flaming homosexual. And um, he was Colombian. My wife's Colombian. There weren't a lot of Colombians there in the community in Costa Rica. So my wife, um, who was not living for the Lord at the time, uh, became friends with him. And uh, what would happen? She would be around him, and then any demons on him would jump off of her, and she would bring him into the house. And then she would manifest, and I had a situation in my hand. Folks, it's that way. Um, another day, my landlord hit hit the road and went out of town, and she said, well, if you need anything, we've got a maintenance person. They may, in fact, be around doing a little bit of work while I'm gone. So one day, this person shows up and looked like a construction worker, had a, a white uh, shirt on with no sleeves and uh, a real deep voice, came up to me and, hello. And I, I looked up, and when I realized who I was shaking the hands of, it was a woman. And I'm thinking, God, have mercy. What's up with that? Um, I couldn't believe it. I was surrounded by it. Homosexuals and lesbians, transvestites, and these are carrying foul spirits. You cannot associate with these people. Okay? Uh, I'm not saying you, you mistreat them. You know, the Lord loves them just like he loves us, but you pray for them. But if you constantly surround yourself, you know, you are who your friends are. The demons will ultimately jump off of them onto you, and you have a problem on your hand. I'm just saying, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So uh, the point I'm trying to make there is uh, just everywhere you turn. And that's usually one of the uh, uh, the, the preconditions of uh, judgment on an area. The reason God is going to judge this nation is because of it's turning to Sodom and Gomorrah. And if he didn't, the... The innocent would perish. In fact, our whole nation would perish. If the homosexuals took over, there can be no procreation. You die. Homosexuality kills not only the people involved, usually through AIDS and hepatitis, but um, it'll wipe out a population if you give them a chance. Now, after we come to Christ as Savior, we need to check, again, our former friends and associates and be careful who we associate with. To break in godly connections with the past, this prayer would be helpful. Let's pray. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I come against the demon authorities who controlled and motivated my relationship with... Now you insert your friend's name there. And break your power and authority over my life and affections, especially as related to him or her, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remove myself from any authority you have exercised over me. I renounce all such ties of affection and ask that the Lord Jesus help me to love him or her only with his agape love. In the bowels, affections of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1 and 8, I give my affections and desires completely to the Lord Jesus Christ for his use. Amen. Note here that the true agape love for a former friend may at this point include staying away from him or her long enough for you to stabilize spiritually. Unsaved former friends will not understand your desire to follow the Lord. They may even resent it and attempt to pull you away. 
enticing you to follow them into their former habits of sin. Remember who your first love is. God's command is plain. Come out from among them and be ye a separate people, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. 2 Corinthians 6.17 When in doubt, consult with your pastor, your parents, or others in spiritual authority about the advisability of continuing a former relationship. And if you invite a former friend to come to a church meeting or to fellowship with where you and other Christians gather, and he or she refuses it, then part company with them. Be friendly but firm, for your Christian growth may well be at stake. If you do not become strong, you will never be able to help them. What you do is continue to pray for them as the Lord reminds you of their need for Christ. Now, that's so true. Uh, my mother related a uh, testimony the other day that she's got a good girlfriend, and this lady says, you know, uh, my daughter just don't know. What do you think? Uh, she's a Christian girl, and she's dating some man. He's, you know, he's not saved. He used to be, but he backslid. Is that right or not? And uh, the truth of it is, folks, uh, we're not to be untangled. We're not to be entangled with unbelievers. So, you know, if you're dating someone and they don't know Christ, not a wise thing because what it can do is pull you down. Okay. Uh, just like um, what's his name? Well, it'll come to me. I, I can't use that example because I've forgotten the name. Uh, famous actor. And uh, he supposedly married this, he's a um, British comedian. He's the one that has the, the freaky hair with the uh, the full beard. And uh, he married this um, girl who's a Christian girl. And he's not what he thinks is going to happen. She's probably going to fall away. Um, so, let's get back to it. What you've got to do is you've got to renounce all your pacts, your covenants, and promises and other binding allegiances to former friends and the Lord, and break all curses which may have been incurred by such relationships or agreements. How about trying this prayer? Having confessed my former relationship with, and what you need to do is, uh, as a name comes to your mind, just say it, as sin, uh, because sinful practices were involved, I now break any curses that have come to me as a result of this association. Jesus became a curse for me on the cross, Galatians 3.13 and blotted out the handwriting of ordinances which were against me, Colossians 2 and 14. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every demon who has inhabited my mind, my will, my emotions, my body or spirit, because of any friendship which is outside of Jesus Christ. I have confessed these relationships with their activities, the thoughts, the desires, and the attitudes as sin. I have given my affections and desires and the body to the Lord Jesus Christ, and all curses are now broken by the authority of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. I command all you foul spirits to leave me now in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, the purpose of this is to have new relationships only in Jesus Christ, which will be based on true love as outlined in 1 Corinthians 13. If it does not fit this description, this description is less than agape love of Jesus and is therefore false to a greater or lesser degree. Agape love rejoices not in iniquity. You know, the word for iniquity means misdeed, a wrongdoing, an injustice. They'll say true friendship can never be a partnership in sin. Love never fails. And can be translated as uh, leads to the fall or to go astray morally. As used in 1 Corinthians 10 and 12 and Revelation 2.5. 
A true friend will care enough for his partner to keep his or her life free from moral strain. Bathe your emotions and your mind in scripture, in praise, spiritual songs, and pure and wholesome thoughts. Just like they say, you know, you are what you think. Ephesians five nineteen and 26, is Psalms 34 and 1, and Philippians 4, 8. Think about and walk in fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Especially when desires for former relationships press you and try to tempt you back in. Resist the evil spirits by using Scripture as often as they suggest wrong desires or attitudes of former new friends. Uh, over in James 4 and 7, it says, see how Jesus handled it. Over Matthew 4. Now, memorizing and meditating on Scripture can also be a valuable aid. Fill your days with good hard work. Serve in the church. Seek out Christian companions. Find those who have matured in the Lord and cultivate them to learn how to develop a Christ-like character. Renounce and destroy all rock, melancholy, and sensual music, especially shun music, which brings remembrance of formal sinful pastimes and friends. We are highly susceptible to music and associations are powerful means of recall. You want to fill your life with music, which brings you into fellowship with the Lord. All right? I'm going to take a break there. Uh, cue up a song here, uh, get some more to drink, and I'll be back, and I'm going to read a couple testimonies. I'm going to read one of a man who's 27 years old, his testimony, one of a woman who's 25 years old. And then we're going to do some more spiritual warfare. Uh, we're rapidly uh, approaching the end of this booklet. This is called The Devilish Side of Sex by Wynne Worley. You can get it over at wrwpublications.com. It's like $3. That's a pretty good deal. And uh, we're going after uh, demons that come in through sex gateways tonight. All right, I want to thank you for tuning in and uh, stand by, and we will be back uh, in a few moments. And I said before, if you want to find a lot of demons, go to church. There you can be sure you'll find a bunch. They're roosting all over God's people. They're binding them down. They're choking them off. And somebody has to care because people are bound. And if it isn't the chosen of God, I don't know who's going to care. If it isn't those whom God has called out, if they don't care enough to lay their lives on the line, I don't know who's going to do it. As the sad scripture says, I looked for a man and I found none. God looked for a man. He couldn't find anybody. Everybody was doing their own thing. God is calling a people to war, all-out war, a war in which no quarter is given and no quarter is asked. The order of the day remains, attack, attack, attack. That's God's marching order. And we're back. Uh, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. I'm your host, Shannon Davis. I want to thank you for uh, spending some time with me tonight. Uh, tonight the program is called The Devilish Side of Sex. I'm reading this booklet uh, by that title from Wynne Worley. This is booklet number one, which is available over at uh, wrwpublications.com. Wynne Worley printed about 50 uh, topical booklets, cover all types of uh, interesting subjects. Um, battling witchcraft, binding and loosing, children's deliverance, holding your deliverance, mind control, schizophrenia, curses of Jezebel, Leviathan, Warfare Scriptures, The Fragmented Soul. Uh, you know, there's 50 of these booklets. 
you can get for like three dollars a piece. Great investment. Uh, you know, skip a cheeseburger and order one of these and uh, read them. Uh, you you'll get deliverance every time. And so we're going to be reading a series of these over the courses of uh, next couple weeks. Well, um, I'm going to give a testimony here. It says, uh, man, 27 years old, wrote in to win. We're going to read his testimony. Here we go. I was reared a Roman Catholic and remained a member for 22 years. My home was filled with constant fighting as a child. When old enough, I went into the service and then into Vietnam. After my return, I met a Baptist girl, and within two months, she was pregnant. The relationship was purely sexual, and we did not marry. I even went so far as to take her for an abortion. It was too late, so. In her sixth month of pregnancy, we were married. Without the Lord, we had nothing but problems for three and a half years of marriage. Sexual, financial, parental, and extramarital difficulties plagued us, just to mention a few. Then after turning everywhere trying to solve my problems, I realized that Jesus was the answer. After years of pain and sorrow, I found happiness, peace, and joy through my Savior. In the Spirit-filled church we visited, I witnessed the most wonderful outpouring of love, tenderness, and concern I had seen anywhere. At first, it was too much to believe, but the love of Christians won me to the Lord. The presence of demonic spirits and deliverance was not easy for me to accept. When I at last came to the realization that demonic spirits were living within me, I sought help. My first session came at a birthday party at my wife's aunt's, to which the pastor had been invited. And after we'd had a brief conversation, he began to pray. He was coming against the demons of lust, sexual perversion, and masturbation. Instantly, I was flooded with rage, and my whole body began to shake violently. Realizing that he had run into a nest of very strong spirits, the pastor ceased the attack and got another man to help him. As they resumed prayer, rebuking the spirits again, there was kicking, screaming, and swearing. It was all both men could do to hold me down on the bed. It was a weird sensation, like witnessing yourself in some bad dream, but unable to do anything about it. My whole body, and particularly my lower abdomen, seemed to be twisting and turning, and strange pains darted through that whole area. It took over an hour to extract the spirits, and I was completely exhausted, soaked with sweat, and aching all over. This soon passed, however, and the man prayed again, and only the weariness remained. I had lightness and peace that I longed for. A great burden had lifted. Two weeks later at the church, I received more prayer. This time, demons of adultery, profanity, and hatred for a mother came out. I was amazed, for I had not realized that I hated my mother. The problem was so buried down under the guilt. This time it took ten men to hold me fast, and demons almost broke free several times in spite of their efforts. A third session, six weeks later, removed hatred for my wife. The Lord gave me a love for my wife I did not think was possible. My life took a complete about-face. It was nearly two months before the deliverance session resumed, and at this time, spirits of pride... Fear of rejection and rebellion were forced to leave me. Shortly after that, my hardest deliverance took place. This time only one came out. It was a huge spirit of lying. He had entered me at the age of four, coming from a mother who was a compulsive liar. He fought for over two hours before he finally left. I was exhausted but happy to be set free. Only recently, I was delivered from an abnormal desire for sex. I wanted sex with my wife every day, 
even though it was not satisfying, just compulsive. Thank the Lord for sweet deliverance and for a normal and satisfying relationship with my wife. I now treasure and love my wife more than I ever thought possible. That was a uh, real testimony right there. Amazing. And uh, I see a question in the chat room. Uh, you'd like to order some books in Canada? Absolutely. You can order, and uh, they'll ship to you in Canada. In fact, um, if you go to OmegaManRadio.com, click on the link for Pastor John Gogan of Agape Bible Fellowship. He's right over the border, and what he'll do for Canadian orders is, if you order from him, uh, he'll just go right over the, the line, drop them in the mail there, and you'll get them. So, yes, uh, avail yourself of spiritual warfare material. Now, let's read this uh, testimony of a woman who is 25 years old. Here we go. I was raised in a Baptist home, and I had received Christ as my Savior when I was seven. I am the third of five children with one older sister. My father was openly partial to her, and at a very early age, I felt the bitter sting of being rejected. I felt unwanted and unloved. As a teenager, I turned to my friends seeking acceptance and only love, only to be again rejected. I became obsessed with proving to myself and the world that I was nothing short of the most intelligent, witty, and desirable creature that had ever walked the earth. I was sly and cunning, and I would stop at nothing to obtain what I wanted. I rebelled against my parents and the church and went on my merry way, hurting and destroying anyone or anything that hindered me. My parents could not control me no matter what I did. I smoked, I drank, I stayed out all night, and had sex with just about anyone I dated. All the while, my hatred grew and grew, and there was no happiness in my life at all. At the age of 19, I had a nervous breakdown. I remember kneeling beside my bed and asking God what I had done to deserve this, really doubting that he existed at all. One day, during a second relapse, I went to my parents' minister for help, and I, I knew I was saved, but I couldn't control my compulsion for cigarettes or alcohol, swearing, lying, and even sex. I was totally despondent, tortured constantly with the guilt and condemnation that accompanied my actions. The minister's opening remark was, well, the first thing you have to do is get that stuff off your face. You look like a painted streetwalker. Now, that wasn't what I needed to hear. Then and there, I knew God and I were through. I lived my life to the fullest and worry about eternity when the problem presented itself later. As time progressed, a tremendous fear built up within me. Fear of dying, fear of sickness, fear of being rejected, fear of anything and everything. At work, I nearly fainted with fear if I got an inexplicable pain. I drove myself at a frenzied pace, rarely sleeping and constantly dieting to maintain my figure. I became more hateful, critical of others, irresponsible and apathetic. I dated merely to turn the guy off and on, playing with his mind and his feelings. Once I was certain that he cared for me, or I'd gotten him to tell me he loved me, the game was over. I had won again, and I dropped him. So I quit my job when I got what I thought to be the most thrilling opportunity of my life. I was hired as a cocktail bunny at the Chicago Playboy Club. I knew that I would never be rejected again. I had the world on a string. I was going to be a Playboy bunny. Then Satan moved in, and my temporary happiness was gone. I was pregnant. And the father didn't want to marry me. After he finally agreed to marry me, I tried to avoid the marriage and eliminate my child, all without success. I ended up marrying someone I didn't love, and I bore a child that I didn't want. The marriage was a disaster, both mentally, physically, and financially. 
There were constant fights that often turned into brutal brawls. There was resentment, hatred, adultery, and a daily life that was impossible to bear. I left my husband and my daughter twice for short periods of time, returning home because I had nowhere to go. By now, not even my parents wanted me. I drank, I smoked pot occasionally, and uh, and turned to other men for a lease from the horrid, dull life I'd made for myself. Everywhere I turned, the walls were closing in on me. I felt I couldn't breathe. My daughter was now three years old, old enough to see the hatred between her father and mother. And one night I realized I didn't need God after all. Excuse me. One night I realized I did need God after all. Pardon me. Now, my husband and I began to fight about 3 a.m. in the morning. And as always, we started to hit each other until it became so violent that we found ourselves lying on the sidewalk in front of the house with his hands around my throat. In the background, I heard crying, and I looked up, and I saw my little girl in the doorway. Her arms waved violently as she screamed, No, Mommy! No! That was more than I could stand. Something had to change before I lost my mind completely. For some time, my sister had been asking me to go to this church she'd found. That was the last thing in the world I was interested in, but I knew I had to go. One Wednesday, I went. Love and the power of the Holy Spirit were there that night. I I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and for the first time I could remember, I was absolutely undeniably happy. Soon my husband began to attend, and he received Christ as Savior and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Even so, there was still tension and hatred between us. As we continued to attend the services, he heard messages on demons and demonic bondage. The Holy Spirit began to reveal where our sorrow and happiness had come from, and I made up my mind to seek deliverance from the things that had enslaved me so long. Now, I'm going to pause right there. I've read two testimonies, um, and these people admitted to being saved, okay? A Christian can have a demon, folks. If you don't believe that, then you're going to a church where the pastor doesn't know anything about deliverance, okay? I've done deliverance, and we've seen Christians come out of demons time after time again. Yes, they were saved, but the point is, is deliverance is the children's bread. That's what Jesus said. And uh, just because you get saved doesn't mean that you're delivered from demons. You can also have generational curses that come down the family line. The good news is, is you can break these and get set free, and you can command these demons to go. It's not a big deal, okay? But the big deal is when you refuse to admit that a Christian can have a demon, because what will happen is the demons that you've got, they're going to stand there till the day you die. Because you don't believe they're there. Yet you're tormented with these thoughts that you can't control. These habits that are out of control. And um, the only hope for you in that case is God will open your eyes to the fact that you need some deliverance. In fact, you should be doing deliverance every day. I watched a movie the other day. I shouldn't have watched it. It was a comedy. But uh, God has really put me through a training uh, on the danger of movies. I've seen thousands in my lifetime. I often comment that uh, growing up, uh, my dad uh, was not the kind of man that would, you know, would just sit around and watch football every Saturday or Sunday. He was a hunter, and he loved movies. And uh, to this day, I have a love for guns, and I love movies. I'll be honest with you. Probably half the movies I've seen, I've ended up sitting in the theater myself. <laughs> you know, I go to movies all times of the day, or at least I did. And God started to convict me, and I realized, you know, is there anything redeeming? From any of these movies I've seen, maybe one in a hundred have had any redeeming qualities. Okay, now if you go see that movie Secretariat by Disney, that's a pretty clean movie. I actually like that one. That was probably the most recent one I saw. But the point is, is nine out of ten times, or maybe 99 out of 100 times to be more accurate, um, they're going to have sex 
violence, rape, murder, cursing, uh, occult. You let your kids go see Harry Potter, they've just been exposed to witchcraft. Okay, now they've cursed, you've been cursed three and four generations down because you've partaken in witchcraft. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is those demons come through the, the screens and they follow you home, folks. It's very dangerous. Okay, and so uh, I was attacked, and uh, I had to command these demons to go in Jesus' name. I just knew better. Now, um, I want to say thank you to Think Tank. Uh, Think Tank, I got your email. In fact, it, I guess we were, I was reading your mind, you're reading mine. <laughs> I just put that link up there. Uh, Hollywood Unmasked. You've got to go see this. I went and watched all ten episodes today. It'll really open your mind there to the fact that Hollywood is putting demons in to you as you open up your mind going through these uh, movies. We've got to find something else to do, folks. I mean, it's suspension of disbelief, and you drop that hedge of protection, the demons fly in. You go home with something you didn't go there with. Okay, back to the testimony. She's saying, everywhere I turned, the walls were closing in on me. I felt I couldn't breathe. Now, um, yeah, let me fast forward here. I made my mind up to seek deliverance from the things that had enslaved me for so long. So this girl's been saved. Now, she's still being tormented. She realized she needed deliverance. So two nights before my deliverance, we got into a fight that turned out to be the most vicious we'd ever had. At the end, my husband threw me against the door. And as I fell to the ground, I said to myself, you fool, you stupid fool. Why did you ever think it would change? I got up and I walked to the bathroom and I slipped my wrist. When my husband saw what I had done, he rushed me to the hospital where I was stitched up. Satan was waging war, and I was the battlefield. I knew God could free me from this bondage and determined uh, to ask for prayer. The following Sunday, we went forward for prayer. When the deliverance session was over, I had been freed from the spirits of hatred for men, lust, perversion, rejection, fear, murder, suicide, and resentment for my daughter. I was totally exhausted, but I felt much better and calmer. Within the next few months, I returned for prayer in spirits of hatred, for my sister, my father, jealousy, envy, hypochondria, masochism, drugs, and alcohol left. Now, those were the, the names of the demon spirits. There is today a new love in my life, one of which I'm not ashamed. I'm in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise his holy name for the wonderful, spirit-filled Christian husband he has given me, and the pure and deep love he has given for us each other. What a miracle that out of the ashes of lust, selfishness, and depravity, God could create a genuine love and respect between two people who started out so badly. Uh, here's a poem It says he gave. It says, If time were such that thou couldst keep me everlastingly and touch my mind and mend my heart, release the love in me. For in the dark of night there fell my tears of long despair to search and seek, but never to find a one I knew didst care. But as a sun that softly breaks, Above the tallest tree, you came, abode, then knew, and touched this torment deep in me. This empty shell turned cold as stone, soon blossomed golden blue. And now I know, like fields of green, I was you. T'was you, dear Lord, t'was you. Uh, that's so true. Uh, I was involved in a deliberate session about five months ago where I was asked to uh, come forward and grab the leg of a man who was being held down by about six others. And it was a short guy. Uh, maybe five five, and um, powerful, supernatural strength this guy had. Uh, the demon had manifested. Of course, the guy wanted deliverance, so he'd come to the right place. And um, 
it was so noisy. They were doing a mass deliverance that night. And I wanted to actually get in on more of the action, so I kind of held the guy's leg there for about 10 minutes, and then when the guy um, kind of seemed to calm down a little bit, I inched my way around to the front of the guy's head where there were two ministers kneeled down and you know talking to this demon that was had manifested in the guy. And uh, I said, uh, what is this demon? What's his name? And they said his name is Liar. So, like that guy uh, just shared his testimony, that was the most powerful demon. Folks, that is a powerful demon. And the thing looked at me upside down. And I'd never seen a demon face-to-face until that day. And if I had to describe it, his countenance had changed in his eyes. They actually looked like a snake's eyes. And they were sparkling and he had this smile on his face. It was the most eerie thing you'd ever seen. He was looking at me upside down, and I could still perfectly make this picture out. And he looks over at the guy and says, he doesn't believe. Ask him. He doesn't believe. And he looked at me. And uh, I'm thinking, uh-oh, what do you mean I don't believe? And I was on the, uh, I was at the crossroads there. What the demon was doing is he was trying to break the deliverance session. If he could have got me to bolt and run, been over with and something gripped me for a minute I said what do you mean I don't believe he said I don't believe I started to doubt myself well thank God I recovered and I put my hand on him and I said come out in Jesus name and within moments all this stuff started you know he started to cough up spittle and spit out and then I looked at his eyes and it was the weirdest thing it was like stop motion his eyes they change as I'm looking at him, and all of a sudden it dissipated, and his clear eyes came back, and it was like his, I mean, it was, wow, just a trussal transformation, literally, in his eyes. And the guy's like, what happened? Where am I at, you know? It was amazing. Deliverance is real. Let me give another testimony. And uh, I'm reading, by the way, for those of you just tuning in, The Devilish Side of Sex by Wynne Worley. Great booklet. Here's a woman who wrote in, 53 years old. It says, when I was 20 years old, I had a deep longing to marry and establish a solid Christian home in which children would be welcome. I dreamed my husband and I would love each other and everything would be beautiful, just like the movies. I suppose every young girl dreams this. Unfortunately, I was not popular with the fellows and I had very few dates in high school. I didn't know then that God had a very special plan for my life. Instead of accepting and seeking God's plan for my life, I became angry, sullen, and rebellious. I reasoned that I was as pretty as most of the girls and prettier than some, and they had dates and fun, so what's the matter with me? Over and over, this went through my mind. I felt inferior and was so frustrated that I toyed with the idea that perhaps if I jumped into the sex bag, it would solve all my problems. However, I was living at home and didn't want to disgrace the family, so I did nothing about it. My father had been chasing around with various women for years and had many adulterous relationships. All of us knew about them. For five or six years, he had been living rather openly with a girl only three years older than his eldest daughter. Now, my mother was a beautiful woman. She never looked at another man, and I could not understand why Dad was dissatisfied with her. I decided it must be because he liked to drink and go to wild parties, which my mother refused to attend. You know, I was in a quandary. I loved my father, but his antics caused me a lot of bewilderment. Bewilderment. He came from the mountains in a deprived background. My mother was from a refined family who were very well-to-do, and she had finished high school. He'd only gone to the fourth or fifth grade, and they were culturally and socially miles apart. They had 
married in spite of the opposition of her parents. And so my mother had a history for being headstrong and doing whatever she wanted. Everyone said that I was like Dad, and I took after his hillbilly side of the family. I took these remarks as compliments and was proud of it. I even tried to look as much as like him as possible. While I lived at home, I remained decent because of my mother and the rest of my sisters and brothers. So to please my dad, I decided to enlist in the Navy. He approved, but Mom objected strenuously. In the service, I was still a loner and seldom got asked out. If I did, I never got a second date because I was too virtuous. It seemed that the guys all had only one thing in their mind. I began to think that perhaps I was really missing something, and so not because I was in love or even consumed by a flaming passion, I decided willingly to give up my virginity. I was 21 when I had my first affair. He was a married man, and I was terribly disappointed. It was not at all like the movies or books had described or what others had said about it. I felt cheated, degraded, dirty, and deeply shamed. I was sorry that I had given in, and at that time would have given anything to have had my purity back. But just as Esau sold his birthright and could not get it back, even so, no matter how bitterly I cried, something precious was gone beyond retrieval. I had sold myself not for money, but for a mess of pottage, and I was sick of the whole thing. From then on, I made one goof after another. I always acted with the best intentions, but you know, I was always messing up worse and worse. There seemed no end to the mistakes I was making. I was married and divorced, and married and divorced again. A few late years later, I married the third man, and this marriage turned to no better, and in some ways worse than all the previous ones. My second and third husbands chased other women, as my father had also done. After I married my second husband, I settled down to be a very faithful wife, as my mother has always been. Questions plagued me. Why couldn't I satisfy my husbands? Why should they want or need to turn to other women? I concluded that I must not know the secrets of satisfying a man's sexual hunger. If I could learn how to do this, then my husband would stay at home with me and not run to others. I began searching for the answer, buying and reading trashy pornographic novels to learn what men like to do and what pleased perversions and, se- and learn, try to learn sexual innovations. When I began to put some of these in practice with my husband, he did not seem pleased, but I felt so guilty and dirty that I was far from satisfied. Often I pretended to be excited and happy, but only to satisfy him. Later I would go into the bathroom, weep bitterly, and be nauseated and sick. Our marriage grew worse, and we began to go to a counselor who was said to be a Christian. He flatly stated there there was no harm for a couple to have outside sexual affairs. Their needs were not being met inside the marriage. This was a man with a college training and, and had at one time been the pastor of a church. He taught us that each should live his own life and not be upset by anything the other might do, for it really didn't matter. He said, you know, don't take life so seriously. Relax. You know, respect each other's privacy and individuality and quit trying to control each other. So after thousands of dollars and many, many hours of counseling, I allowed myself to be convinced and began to follow his advice. After all, he was a former preacher, a man of God, intelligent, with years of training and experience behind him. Surely he must be given the right instruction. So I decided that I was just naive and bound up by my old-fashioned upbringing. This was hindering me from being free to express and really appreciate the love God, you know, real love is God meant it to be. I didn't know what the I didn't know that God who gave such instructions excuse me, I didn't know that the God who gave such instructions was the God of this world, Satan himself. 
my husband pressed me constantly to go out and become involved with other men because it would do me good and perhaps teach me something. I did just that and with a married man. However, instead of freedom, it only produced more heartache, guilt, and depressions, which steadily got worse. Finally, in desperation, I returned to the divorce court for the third time in an effort to get out of another impossible situation. Although I was now divorced, I continued to read everything I could get my hands on about how to be a great sex partner. Wow. She goes on to say, I was obsessed with the uh, subject and felt that I would eventually find the answer. I plunged deeply into various kinds of perversions because I read that this was a sign that you were really tuned in and sophisticated. I wanted to be with the in crowd and so moved on into rock music and learned to dance with all the abandon that the kids did. I moved into the nightclubs and began drinking heavily. I climbed in bed with still another fellow, thinking I would really impress him with my sexual abilities and expertise. I was now in my 40s, and my sordid little adventures always left me unsatisfied physically and emotionally. I was left holding the proverbial bag. All I got was guilt, frustration, and despair. I angrily resented my puritanical ideas, and I wanted to throw them over completely so I would not longer have these problems of feeling condemned. Sick of everything, especially myself, I decided it would never be any different and could not change. I would never be able to go along with promiscuity and perversion without feeling guilty or dirty. I was furious with the situation. I blamed my mother for teaching me such straight-laced ways that my life was ruined by them. I hated her before, but now even more. Praise the Lord, who is so full of compassion and tender mercies. He saw my desperate plight and reached down to rescue me from my pigsty I had been living in for so many years. I visited the Hegelus Church and learned the truth. God forgave me my sins and set me free of the sexual trap which had snared me. He gave me victory, and Satan is no longer able to tempt me through these channels. From my sad and bitter experience, I would urge others to reject the lies of the enemy about missing something in your sexual life. Remember what I learned. There are those who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. From such turn away, for they are the ones who creep into houses and lead astray silly women laden with sins and diverse lust, ever learning but never coming to a knowledge of the truth, Second Timothy 3, 5, and 7. She closes by saying, Let the Lord have your life. Give him complete charge of every part and let him direct your paths. In the past, I was full of despair, guilt, and anxiety. Today I have peace within concerning every part of my life. Truly I have given all into the hands of the Lord. How I thank and praise Him for deliverance from hundreds of evil spirits who have deluded me and drained my life of meaning. The peace and joy I now have more than satisfied my hungering soul. When I remembered how He had cleansed me and freed me, my heart leaps with praise and thanksgiving. And that was the uh, testimony of uh, a girl who wrote in. To win Warley. Well, that concludes this booklet. Uh, wow, we got through one tonight. The Devilish Side of Sex, booklet number one. And so, um, you know, Jesus Christ came to set the captives free. If you're battling with any uh, foul spirits that came in through opening up demonic gateways of sex, maybe you fornicated. Maybe you have been in an adulterous affair. Maybe you masturbated. Maybe you looked at uh, porn. Uh, now it's available to everyone via the Internet. 
Even kids are looking at it. Maybe you haven't looked at the Internet porn late at night. Maybe you've uh, watched the Playboy channel. Uh, maybe you've went to a porno theater. Um, maybe you have been in some wild orgy parties, like Eyes Wide Open with Tom Cruise. That stuff goes on, folks. Um, there's any number of gateways. Maybe it's just simply going down to the red box. You're bored, you picked up a movie, and the next thing you know, they're engaging in fornication right there on the screen. Well, you brought it into your household. The demons now have a legal authority to come in. Uh, maybe you just go out with a group of friends, and they're always talking about their sexual escapades, okay, coming through your ear gate that way. Maybe it's watching um, MTV or the, the videos, VH1. Maybe it's rock music with some very sexual lyrics. Once again, another demonic gateway didn't come in. And maybe you're at the point right now where you're being attacked in your sleep, like we had one lady called in and she was being raped. Uh, she could not believe what was happening. She looked up and uh, she was not dreaming. She actually saw these demons manifest. They were having their way with her. Well, praise God, she remembered to bind them in Jesus' name. If that happens to you, just rebuke them. And, you know, if you can just say, Jesus. A lot of times people get paralyzed and they're stuck there on their beds and they're being attacked by a demon of incubus or succubus. Succubus for men, incubus for, for women. Maybe it's Osmodius or Asmodius. Two fallen angels associated with uh, sexual perversion. Uh, these foul spirits are real. okay, And they're just a few of Millions out there that uh, will attack people. Maybe you've played with the witchcraft, you know, the Ouija board. Uh, maybe you've read tarot cards uh, for fun. Uh, these all open up demonic gateways, and you curse yourself when you do it. So you can get victory over that in Jesus' name. And what you've got to do is, you know, just pray with me. You know, Father God, something like this. Father, I, I repent uh, for, for all the sins that I have committed, and, you know, just let God bring these sins to your mind. As they come to your mind, just acknowledge that you're sorry for them. I'm sorry for any sins that I have committed through fornication, adultery, looking at pornography on the Internet, playing video games that had pornographic elements to them, renting movies, Father God, or going to the theater and watching sex scenes on the big screen. I repent uh, for any music I listen to with sexual lyrics. I ask you to forgive me in Jesus' name. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Now, if you meant that, uh, the Lord has forgiven you, and he doesn't remember anymore. So if Satan tries to bring this back to you, don't listen to it. God doesn't remember when you're truly repentant. Now that you've repented, uh, you've still got to get rid of these demons that have come in. So... Right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over all foul spirits that came in through the lust gateway, all manners of sexual perversion. We bind all spirits that came in through fornication, adultery, bestiality, masturbation, pornography, anal and oral sex, any kind of sexual perversion, lesbianism, homosexuality. All foul spirits attached to lust and sex, perversion, incubus, succubus, asmodeus, osmodeus, all foul spirits that came into the dream state, I bind you right now. 
And I cage you up in the people of God. Come out of right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And loose the people of God right now. Apply the blood of Jesus out there to the people listening. For those who don't know Christ as your Savior, I also cage the demons just mentioned in you. And I command them to go into the cage right now. And that's where they'll remain until you come to Christ. Father God, we thank you for what you're doing right now. I break any generational curse that came down the family line of sexual sin. I break any curses right now. The people of God came in through witchcraft. We break it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, we cut any ungodly soul ties in the name of Jesus. I'm asking that you would loose your warrior angels to go out there and recover the bits of fragmented soul that have been lost with having sex with multiple partners out there. Because every time, Father God, we have sex with someone, they get a bit of our soul. That's why there's so many people running around with schizophrenia right now. So we ask God that you go out have the angels recover the bits of fragmented soul and bring them back and restore them in their rightful order. I bind any other foul spirits in the people of God out there. I bind the strong man, the power demon, the chief, the gatekeeper, centurion spirit, any foul spirit out there in the people of God listening right now. We bind you. Come out right now and go into the cage in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, rebuke you. Father God, I ask that you lose blindness and confusion on all the foul spirits affecting the people out there right now. We command civil war to take place inside of all the people listening out there, I command all demons to turn on each other right now, engage in civil war, and a house divided against itself cannot stand. Your kingdom is coming to an end right now. We bind you. Go into the cage right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I ask that you loose angels to encircle the people right now. Angels of God, attack formation. Angels of God, go in there and smite these foul spirits that are not listening to this command. Choke them out, angels of God. Drag all those foul spirits and put them into the cage. Cut their tails. We cut the tail of the python spirit, the kundalini spirit. We cut any kind of connectors between these foul spirits and reinforcements in the second, third heaven, in the name, in any of the heavens, in the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask that you would loose the hornets of heaven to go down there and sting these foul spirits. Pierce them through, Father God, with your arrows. Discomfit them course, with your word in Psalms, in the name of Jesus. Again, I command all foul spirits to loose the people right now and go into the cage. And for the people of God, I take that cage now and I send it to the foot of Jesus. All you foul spirits will now be judged before your time. I'm asking God that you loose the Holy Spirit to fill up now any vacancies created by the eggs of these demons, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, just go in there and burn out any other foul spirits. In the name of Jesus Christ, fill the people up right now. Apply the blood of Jesus to everyone listening. I ask God for a hedge of protection around the believers, a wall fire of the Holy Ghost, in accordance with Zechariah 2 and 5 right now, in Jesus' name. I'm asking God that you would help those that need a job to get the job that they need. I'm asking that you would bless the finances of the people of God right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, for what you're doing right now. In the name of Jesus. Apply the blood of Jesus once again to anybody listening out there. And I 
right now I bind up any foul spirits that would try to attack people as they go to bed tonight. We bind the attacks of any incubus, succubus, asmodeus, osmodeus, any foul spirits that would go in and try to attack people as they sleep. I break all hexes, vexes, curses, spells, hoodoo, voodoo, lotions, demonic potions, off of the people right now. And I command them to go back to where they came from, to the demon that sent them sevenfold. I break all witchcraft attacks. I bind all evil spirits, all demons that have been sent against the people of God out there. Away from them, and I command them to go back to where they came from sevenfold. In Jesus' name, I cut all demonic soul ties. I cut all astral projection silver cords. For any demons that would astral project, we cut them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We cut all and break all lane lines. And I break, again, any generational curses on the believers on either side of the family back to ten generations on both sides of the family in the name of Jesus. And we ask God that you would not let us be deceived, but open our eyes to any other areas of sin in our lives that we need to get under the blood of Jesus and repent for. We're asking God, not our will, but thy will be done. Order our steps this week. Open the right doors. Loose angels, Father God, to go out there and treat, create doors of opportunity for us. Put in our path the people that we're to talk to and minister to. And God, reveal your plan to the people out there what you would have them to do for you in these last days. If a person is to move to another geographical location, I ask that you would reveal that to them and open up the door and the finances for them to do that. Not our will again. Your will be done, Father God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and ask all these things tonight. Amen. Uh, someone has just asked about soul ties. Now listen, there is what's called a godly and a ungodly soul tie. The Word talks about that David... And Jonathan had a godly soul tie. They were friends. They were they were knitted souls, it talks about. Okay, well, you can have an ungodly soul tie, okay? If you've ever had sex with someone outside of marriage, you have a soul tie now with them, okay? Maybe you've been married before. Uh, and you say, wow, you know, I just... Uh, I just, I mean, I, I'm obsessed over them. I just can't shake it, Um you know, anybody you've ever lain with, you have a soul tie with. Okay, you can have soul ties with other things, too. But we're talking about sexual uh, gateways tonight. Uh, what happens is, you know, you've opened yourself up for a sexually transmitted disease. You know that. But you've also got sexually transmitted demons that occur. So any demonic spirit that that person had, okay, when you laid with them in bed, now you have them and vice versa. What if your partner had been with 100 people? That's a lot of demons. You can literally be walking around with a legion, you know, 6,000 or more. The point I'm making here, it's very dangerous. You've got soul ties out there. That's why you've got to repent, and, you know, you ask God, God, forgive me for sleeping with so-and-so. Have God bring the name to you. As you remember the name, God, forgive me for being with him. And if you, you know, repentance is a heart change. You know, if you're truly repentant, Jesus Christ will forgive you. You cover it in the blood of Jesus. He doesn't remember anymore. But what you got to do now is you got to command any demons that came in through that soul tie to go and leave you in Jesus' name and not come back. And also you ask God to loose the angels to go out there and recover bits of your fragmented soul from that person who has it and bring it back and reassemble it in you. That's why you've got, again, a 
propensity right now for schizophrenia, or what they're terming multiple personality disorder. And you've got most pe- people walking around, they're like zombies. Um, they're in a relationship they can't love. They don't know why. It's because there's not much left of them. Okay, they don't have any soul left practically. It's spread out all across creation. Sort of like that dollar bill, you know, that they track and, you know, passes from one hand to another hand, and next thing you know, it's went around the world a couple times. You know, you got soul bits probably all around the world right now, depending on how sexually active you've been. So you've got to repent, and you've got to ask God to uh, loose the angel to go out there and recover the bits of the fragmented soul, and you will get restoration of the mind. That's actually called, excuse me, restoration of the soul. You want to restore your mind? Uh, read God's Word. It will renew your mind. So, I mean, these are spiritual concepts we're talking about, but they actually manifest in reality. These are real the real deal. Um, and so I wanted to share that. You've got to be very careful. That's why it's important you know, have sex in the confines of marriage. So, let's see, we've got a question here. It says, I've only been with uh, with my wife, but I've been involved in past pornography. Are there any soul ties there? Um, well, I know for a fact if you had sex with a person, they've got part of your soul. You've got to get it re- reclaimed. Okay? But um, you've definitely opened up a demonic gateway through porn. So what you want to do is repent of that. Um uh, Ask God to close the demonic gateway that was opened up through pornography, and then you command any demons inside of you to go in Jesus' name. Now, you can do self-deliverance. I do it every day. What is self-deliverance? Well, it's taking care of business, okay? And if you can't get the relief you need, then you go get a couple brothers or sisters to pray with you who know about deliverance. Or call into our program Saturday night, and we'll pray for you. Self-deliverance goes like this. You know, I just say something like, uh, I bind the strong man inside of me. I bind the gatekeeper. Uh, or doorkeeper, whatever you want to call them, they actually open the door and they allow free flow of demons to commence. So you bind both of those. The strong man, he's the chief inside of you, and he's the one that is in charge. You've got one guy in charge. So you bind the strong man and the gatekeeper. Okay, once you bound that, you can spoil his goods. And then what you do, you just say, I bind any foul spirits, because they're all foul. I bind any foul spirits that came in through pornography, okay, or through masturbation or through adultery, or through fornication, or through witchcraft. Okay? Uh, Whatever the gateway may be, or through drugs. The fastest way to get demons, you can get a demon in like 60 seconds, is um, alcohol, drugs, sex, and music. Those are like the four ways to get a demon. Also, a person can actually put their hands on you. and That's called magic touch or transference. Uh, Yes, you want to speak it out. Um, so you would say, I bind any, you, I bind all foul spirits inside of me. Any spirit that came in through pornography, I bind you right now. Come out of me right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And what you do, just send them to Jesus to judge before their time. Say, I bind all foul spirits that came in through pornography. The Lord rebuke you. Come out of me right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And go to Jesus to be judged before your time. Uh, you want to speak it, Okay. Demons have a very heightened sense of hearing, so you don't have to scream. I, I, I kind of take for, force with these demons. I'm angry at them because they do so much destruction. It's all right to get angry with with a demon. 
But uh, yeah, you can just say, you know, I bind the any foul spirits that came in through alcohol or through marijuana, or from doing methamphetamine, or for doing crack, or for doing ecstasy, or I bind all foul spirits that came in through cigarettes. Do you know you can get a demon through cigarette smoking? Absolutely. Got a demon of nicotine. There's a demon, folks, probably attached to most every vice out there. Okay? Because Satan is diversified. Remember that. He doesn't take down every person with the same trap. Uh, he's tried to trip me with the biggest traps. I can tell you firsthand experience. About a year ago, I was in Costa Rica getting into deliverance ministry. I was um, having some trouble with my wife, and she had a demonic gateway open. And through sin on her side, she would come in and demons would come in, they would have started attacking me, and I had to take authority over them. You bind them up. And um, we started to have some trouble, and she said, I'm leaving. So she got angry and left, and um, I'm trying to do deliverance at the time. I got a call one day, and a buddy said, I need your help. We've got a demon on the ropes. It's manifested, and it's a, it's a really <laughs> powerful demon. Can you help? I said, absolutely, let's go for it. And so we started to pray, and it turned out it was a uh, it was a high-ranking power called Citri, S-I-T-R-I. If you want to know what it looks like, Google it. Well, we bound it, asked God, and loose angels came down, and I noticed that it had uh, wings in the picture. So we'd gotten the name, uh, discernment of the Holy Spirit gave us the name Citri. So we bound Citri. And I asked God and Lucy Angels to come down there and rip its wings off. It literally ripped its wings out of the socket. Uh, how do we know that? We caught some footage on, on camera of um, what, what happened to the person when the, the angels were ripping the wings off. Literally plucked them out of the sockets. We beat that demon black and blue. The angels did, actually. And it came out in Jesus' name, and she got set free. That demon's out there wandering the dry places right now. And every once in a while, once in a while we'll... We're fighting some demonic spirits, and they say, you know, Citri's mad. It's out there wandering the dry places. That's a true story. But that was a very powerful demon that we took down uh, through the authority of Jesus Christ. Very high-ranking demon. And um, I got targeted. And the next thing I know, um, Satan tempted me with about everything he could. I had a guy call me up. And I have, a, I have a small internet business. I've had one for about seven years. God gave me it. I'm in the herbal supplement business. It's very small right now. And uh, this guy called me up with a tempting offer. He says, uh, we have a way that uh, we can make you a lot of money. And I, I needed money. I said, well, what, what's involved? Well, he went on to detail that uh, they were uh, involved in the largest pornographic network uh, on the internet. Now, I say he was a friend because I knew the guy, but I didn't uh, know him uh, since he had been involved with that. He used to be just an affiliate marketer. And I found out he had uh, joined some company in Canada, and they were a large pornographic network. And um, tempted with lots of money, folks. Satan will tempt you there. Thank God I ran from that. Like Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife. Next thing you know, I'm there for about six weeks by myself. I ended up uh, getting away for a couple of days. I had a good buddy. We went down to the beach. In Costa Rica, you know, you can be in the beach in two hours. Well, the devil started to play uh, tricks on me, you know. And uh, 
My wife told me she may not come back. And so I let my mind wander one day, and this is how it works. I said to my friend Dennis, I said, Dennis, you remember that girl that I used to date about seven years ago? Whatever happened to her? And the next thing you know is God is my witness. I got home that day from the beach, and uh, I had a message from this girl on Facebook. I hadn't talked to her in seven years. Now, what's the chances of that? Well, what happened is Satan set it up. He took what I said. He went out there and planted it in her mind to get in touch with me, and she found me. That was not a coincidence. That's how Satan works. He'll try to trap you with money. He'll try to trap you with sex. Taking down many a man, many a woman. Um, Then he literally physically tried to kill me. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, would you not think it was kind of interesting if your gas stove turned on by itself and you walked in and there's gas coming out? Yeah, my burners would go on. One day I'm uh, cooking out on a grill, barbecue grill, brand new one. I had bought down there, and um, I put a steak on there, and I, I went back into the house for a minute. As God is my witness, I went and gone more than five minutes, and Holy Spirit convicted me to go back outside. And I went out there, and the whole grill was aflame. And I freaked out because it was a propane uh, grill. And I said, at any moment, if that flame goes down and melts that hose, this whole place is going to go up. It's going to explode. I had a full 20-pound 20, 20 uh, tank of propane gas there, and I, I freaked out. I'm running around looking for water, grabbed some water, and I doused the fire, and the flames just kept getting higher. And some dawned on me, uh, wait a minute, turn off the gas. So I reached down and tried to turn it off. I turned it off in the wrong direction, folks, and the flames are still going. And I ran over and uh, grabbed more water, and this time, uh, I mean, I'm panicking. I threw the water down, and I slipped down and went right on my back, and I said, something's wrong here. The gas is not going off. And I went over, and I realized I turned it the wrong way, and then, boom, I turned it the right way, and all of a sudden, the flames started dying, and then I doused it. I mean, that was a freak accident. Tried to blow me up in my own own apartment over there. I'm trying to tell you the truth. I was attacked by an incubus succubus demon. Paralyzed me. And uh, these things happen, people. I got locked in a bathroom. You say these are freak accidents. No, I'm trying to tell you. Everybody that has gotten involved in deliverance, I know, has been attacked in similar ways, especially with this barbecue grill. Be very careful about that one. I know five people that have had this happen to them. Now, you don't have to have fear, okay? Just to understand the attacks come and resist the devil, he'll flee, and you have authority in Jesus Christ over these foul spirits. And you've got to learn how to do spiritual warfare. What do I mean by that? Well, every day when you wake up, I get up and I say, you know, I plead the blood of Jesus over myself. I plead the blood of Jesus over my car. I apply the blood of Jesus to my apartment, uh, to my children, to my bank account, you know, to everything, to your business, whatever you've got, okay? Apply the blood of Jesus to your computer. I've lost two computers since I've been in the deliverance ministry. Then I say... uh, I put on the full armor of God today. I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel. And I fit, I actually imagine doing this. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I pick up the shield of faith. I put on the helmet of my salvation. Again, I gird my loins about with truth, and I, I said I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel. I pick up the sword of the Spirit. And I put on the full armor. There I go. I'm now fully armored. And then I say I break any hex... Vex, curse, spell, sin against me, 
and I commanded to go back to where it came from. Any curse of sin against me, I would turn to sinners sevenfold. Because, look, you could have someone out there that's cursed you with their mouth, and it's going to take effect and come after you. Heaven forbid you're in the deliverance ministry, you've got witch and warlocks coming after you. Well, they're actively trying to kill you with their curses, so that's what you do. And it only takes one time, that curse is going to go back to them. They'll, they may never get a chance to attack you again. Or if they stay alive, they won't do it because they'd be a fool to try it the second time. Because I send it back sevenfold. And I say, I bind any foul spirits, any demons, any witchcraft attacks sent against me, away from me. And I commanded to go back to where it came from sevenfold. In Jesus' name. I ask God for a wall of fire of the Holy Spirit around my dwelling. In accordance with Zechariah 2 and 5, I loosen myself wisdom and knowledge. Excuse me, in accordance with Ephesians 1 17. And the most powerful of all, again, is just the blood of Jesus. I sprinkle the blood of Jesus on me. Now, do that when you go to sleep, too. And also, bind up any foul spirits that may have come into your house. Command them to go in Jesus' name and ask God the loose angels to come down and camp about you. And I say, Father God, loose the angels to walk through my dwelling. And if there's any foul spirits that are found, beat the heck out of them and choke them. And then drag them out of here. Take them to you for, to be judged in Jesus' name. And I ask God to loose angels to stand guard of my house. And I saturate the atmosphere where I live with the blood of Jesus. And I apply the blood of Jesus to my doorways. And then I get these little pieces of ticker tape and it says, I apply the blood of Jesus to any person or thing coming through this doorway. And as we speak right now, I'm looking at one. I've got one in my front door and one in my back door. I also put one on my computer equipment. As I mentioned, I've lost two computers already. Uh, that won't happen to me again, folks, because Satan will try to destroy anything that's carrying deliverance material. We know four or five ministers who have all had their computers destroyed that way. And also, make sure that you uh, don't have a back door on your uh, Windows system that allows it to link up with a network. I know one guy who goes into a house, turns on his computer, it accesses the Wi-Fi connection, the next thing you know, it had tapped into somebody else's computer that had porn. And all of a sudden, he's got porn on his computer. He got a virus that way. <laughs> it was Wi-Fi transmitted. you got to be very careful. Your computer should not be having sex with other computers. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's what happened, literally. They made it over Wi-Fi, and now his computer was destroyed, and he lost it. I'm dead serious about that. You've got to be very careful. Um, at any rate, you got to have a little bit of comic relief there. But that's what I do, and that's what you've got to do. And um, if you've got a child, and the child's got a temper tantrum, and, you know, just lay your hands on him and say, I bind the strong man in you right now, and I bind all foul spirits. Come out of him right now, or her, in Jesus' name. You've got, you've got a husband or a wife. They need prayer and lay hands on. Take authority over it in Jesus Christ's name. You have authority to tread on these serpents and scorpions. Jesus said, the first sign that shall follow them that believe, they will cast out demons in my name. They shall speak in new tongues, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That was the first sign that Jesus said would follow. That's one-third of Jesus' ministry, casting out demons. You and I are supposed to follow in his tracks. Take authority over the ones in your you and your family, and then go after friends. Uh, so that's what I do, and I what I do also in closing is I bind any foul spirits from attacking me as I sleep in the name of Jesus, because you'll be sleeping, but your spirit man's awake, 
And if you're ever awoken at 3 a.m., you wake up and look at the clock, it's 3 a.m., either you're under a foul spirit attack or God's trying to talk to you. In the latter case, you want to get your word of God, pray, and say, God, are you trying to speak to me? He spoke to me last week and gave me Isaiah 13, and then I got Jeremiah 50 and 51. Read that. And when you see Babylon, insert America. I'll tell you what time it is. Uh, another good thing to do is, uh, in addition to praying, is just turn on the Bible. Let it play as you're sleeping. And your spirit man will get fed. Uh, you'll wake up and you have all kinds of word put into you. And so that's just some of the uh, the practical advice that uh, I would I have learned and I would uh, I would give. And it doesn't mean you're not going to be attacked, but uh, if you ever find yourself frozen on your bed and you're being attacked by incubus or succubus, just most of the time you can't even speak anything. All you can do is think it. Just say just think that Jesus Christ, say the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and then just fight it, snap out of it. And then immediately go into warfare and bind up any foul spirit that attacked you, rebuke it in Jesus' name, command it to be caged up and go to Jesus to be judged for its time. So these attacks will come, and then, you know, but you you can war against them and be victorious. Uh, the other thing you want to do is, in addition, getting in the Word every day, of course. Um, start learning about spiritual warfare. Tune into the programs where we have spiritual warfare. We had uh, Pat Holliday on Saturday night. We had John Franklin on um, Sunday night. Great men and women of God. Get a hold of some of the uh, deliverance material from Wynn Worley, uh, com. You can also go over to Google, and there's a lot of great material for free from Derek Prince. Um, some really good material there. I recommend the Watchman Radio Manual over at WatchmanRadio.com that Richard Keltner's put together. That's a free download. Uh, I believe the website is drop.io slash mass deliverance. Uh, you can go over there and download that and several other free manuals. Um, go over to my website, of course, omegamanradio.com, and uh, any deliverance ministries that I found and believe in, I add them up to the website. You can go over to Stan Madrick's website, demonbuster.com, loaded with a lot of free material. Of course, uh, my favorite, Miracle Internet Church. Dr. Pat Holliday's website and a lot of free material over there. Audio, video, booklets. Check that out. And uh, again, wrwpublications.com. Uh, fantastic material. I recommend all the 50 booklets from Win Worley. He's got the Host of Hell series. Uh, he was probably the most hardcore deliverance minister of all time. They called Win Worley the Bulldog, or the General. Uh, the General. I think Derek Prince called him the Bulldog. <laughs> he went after demons with a vengeance. But you know, look when they've uh, when they kill you, kill your family, they've destroyed marriages. You've seen them destroying lives. You get angry too, and so uh, praise God, you know, for the deliverance ministry. Well, um, we managed to make it through booklet number one tonight. We read the devilish side of sex by Wynne Worley. Uh, great booklet. I'm going to continue to go through other ones. This forces me to read, and I told you I'm battling with reading right now. So this makes me gets me sequestered to where I, I'm, I read and put this information into me at the same time. So God bless you, and um, subscribe to um, the iTunes broadcast, and that will download the content directly to your iPod. Or come over to Blog Talk Radio and sign up for free. And uh, mark me as a favorite, and anytime we do a program, you'll get an email alert that will tell you that's coming out. Another way you can stay in touch with us is go over to uh, Facebook, 
slash Omega Man Radio, uh, and or uh, go to OmegaManRadio.com, click on the uh, sign-up button. I'm going to be doing a newsletter once a month very soon, free newsletter. Get different articles in there, updates, testimonies, um, different material, just another way to stay in touch with people. Of course, you can always email me, uh, OmegaManRadio.com. Click on the Contact Me button or Shannon at OmegaManRadio.com. I'm backlogged right now, so I'm trying to work my way through the emails. Forgive me if I have not answered your email back yet. But I uh, will make a commitment to you. I'll get to you, to everybody who emails me, and we will respond. And, of course, uh, support the effort if you believe in what we're doing. We'd like to uh, take this message uh, to more and more people across the country. And uh, any time you partner with a ministry which actually plants seed and there's a harvest, well, one plants a seed and other waters that they both share in the harvest. Uh, if there's a harvest of a soul, well, you've got a part of that. And one day, all the work that you've done down here will pay off because you get to heaven and then there's the rewards ceremony. Be kind of cool to know you've got some reward when you get up there. I believe that we're um, we're planting seed on good ground, which is going after men's souls, pluck them out of the fire. My commission is Numbers thirty three fifty to fifty seven. It says, "Go into the enemy or enemy territory and drive out the inhabitants of the land." That's the demons from the people of God. Or there'll be a prick in your eye and a thorn in your side. And what I meant to do to them, I'll do to you. That's my mandate, folks. I'm told to go in as you are and uh, drive out the foul spirits, the enemies in the land. We're taking territory for Jesus Christ. We're not going to sit on our butt anymore. We're going to occupy till he comes. That means taking territory. It's a military term. We're going to occupy military, I mean, occupy enemy territory, drive out the foul spirits, and uh, see men set free in Jesus' name. That's what we've been called to do. If a person doesn't like this message and you need to question why, it's probably the demon inside of you that doesn't want to hear the truth and get evicted because the longer you stay around deliverance ministries, the greater chance that you're going to get set for yourself and these demons that have been riding on your back uh, for decades uh, could be evicted and kicked to the street. They don't like that, so they'll try to stop you. Uh, you know, Don't listen to these messages. People say, well, you know, that's all they do is talk about demons. Don't, you don't want to give them glory. No, what we want to do is expose them, people. The key to evicting them is to identify that they're there, find out what their legal grounds is, repent of that, close that gateway, and command these demons to go in Jesus' name. And some things are gradual, okay? We don't always get free of everything instantly. But every demon you get free of is a victory. Every demon out is one less in. And you just keep praying and asking God for deliverance and uh, avail yourself of uh, deliverance material. And one of the biggest gateways is bitterness and unforgiveness. We must forgive. If we do not forgive, we don't make it to heaven, folks. It says, I will not forgive you if you do not forgive others. God will not forgive you if you have um, bitterness and unforgiveness against someone, a family member, a friend, your children, your husband, your spouse. Uh, maybe they have truly hurt you. Well, you've got to forgive them still. And uh, pray for the souls, too. If you forgive, then now you're set up to receive forgiveness. Remember the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. So it's conditional there. But that's one of the biggest gateways that we see. And uh, so you want to make sure that you have that one closed. And then 
Close these sexual gateways we talked about tonight. Get off of drugs, alcohol, cigarettes. Clean up your act there. And starve these demons out. Close these gateways and get set free. And then you can, you know, start to thrive. Uh, we've all got to do that. I've got to do that. I, I do deliverance every day. And I ask God to help me in air at weak points. So nobody's totally arrived yet, folks. We're all battling together. But uh, it's great when we can get together in uh, fellowship. And so love you all. God bless you. And I ask God that you bless the people that tuned in tonight. And for those that uh, don't know you, I ask you to send the Holy Spirit to convict them and bring them to your son, Jesus Christ. Until next time, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, support Omega Man Radio. For listening to Omega Man Radio, our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. And I've got two minutes remaining. Uh, I did want to answer something. People ask me, do I believe in the Book of Enoch? Yes, I do, because the Bible refers to the Book of Enoch. Now, it's not included in our canonized text, uh, but clearly, uh, even I believe Jesus referred to the Book of Enoch. So, it's very possible that the, the book that is out there that has been put back together is the, the real book. You just have to read it and pray about it. I believe it does give some history uh, as to the Genesis 6 account, but it's not a salvation doctrine, so if you don't read it, you don't lose anything. God bless you and keep you, and I'll see you again on the uh, next edition of Omega Man Radio, which will be this week. God bless you. Mm-hmm.